Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Welcome to Silver and Gold, taking shirtless podcasting to a new level. I am the loaf with my coffee-stained stash. He is the Zom in his blue undies. This week, we got a couple uh, Dario Argento flicks for you. Suspiria. From something 77 and the bird with the crystal plumage from 1970. Damn, I thought that was later than that. So, uh, Zom's first delve into the abyss that is the large headed Dario Argento's catalog. Yes. And when you stare into the abyss, the abyss does something to your butthole or something. I've been listening to this fucking Goblin soundtrack all week. Love it! They, um, they actually made me watch a, a movie that I'll get into also. They had a sound, they had actually the Eurocrime uh, soundtrack as well, so. Cool. Uh, Zom, how are you, sir? Um, well, <laughs> I've had some difficulties physically. <clears throat> Haven't we all this week? But huh? <laughs> Haven't we all this week? Yeah, it seems to be like there's um I don't know. Um I spoke about Joseph Smith on the Hamicus podcast. I took his name in vain. Uh-oh. And I have been stricken with poison ivy. <laughs> uh fucking mud butt. <laughs> Uh, a stomach that feels like uh, there is a cross between. Well, it's like a roller coaster that is plunging into pools of acid, and when it hits the bottom, that splashes up and comes all the way up in the back of my throat. Um, yeah, it hasn't been good. It has not been good. Yeah, fuck I, uh, a duck. Hey, uh, on, on 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 Saturday. If uh, those of you in the wrestling and gold group might have noticed, I was at a local wrestling event that also. Somebody say something about going to wrestling event. Jimmy Jam, you crazy? He won the roller title, baby. 
And um, go get crazy down in Cary, North Carolina, Gordon Soli. This is in Raleigh. It was pretty awesome. I got, to, I got to stand on a bridge and watch some wrestling. <laughs> get crazy. Get yeah. crazy. The uh, the Gouge Pro put on a little event uh, fundraiser for. Uh, Cirque Duval, it's a new group that's trying to start a school for like throwing fire and t- da- fire dancing, stuff like that. So, um, and the uh, so they had an event outside of an art gallery, they built their ring in a parking lot under a bridge. It was pretty awesome. So, I stood yeah. on a bridge and watched wrestling and watched Leatherface and uh, and Michael Myers tag team against a really fat uh, <laughs> Flava Flav, so white Flava Flav. And what's that? You saw DDP? I did not, no, I didn't. The, you said um, Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody le- say something about getting crazy. Not Leatherbutt. DDP <laughs> and this yoga. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, they had food trucks there, and something I ate there did not agree with me, and I've been suffering for it ever since. Uh, Saturday night, I was up all night with the fucking shivers and the, and the water butt myself, and it's yeah. not, it, I've been off ever since, so... Well, it's that you're guilty by association as far as the Mormon church is concerned, I you know guess. What, you know what? It's fucking ridiculous. All the shitty food I talk about eating, I'm pretty sure it was the healthy thing that I ate that fucked me up. It was this raw kale rice noodles. Well, like it's like if the devil noodles. ate an angel's pussy. <laughs> that must have been you know what, what I'm it saying? was. I should have just stuck yeah, with the fucking you, cheese. I should have cheated and gotten a pork sandwich and I would have been fine. But You no. should just carry like a sack, a poke. With uh, a thing, a big chunk of cheese in it, and some salami, and a, and a knife, so you can just cut off a chunk. Man, somebody needs to make a good, like, dried vegetarian salami. I don't know how they do it, but they need to try it. Uh, um, sound effect. The um, <laughs> so we will <laughs> get into what we've been watching this week. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'll be discussing that later on if you know what I'm saying. Okay, I watched some movies, and let me tell you something, people. Um, sit back, relax. Oh, sit back and relax and listen. When I'm still homesick, baby, it's getting crazy. All I do is watch movies. Because when you have poison ivy and, and you basically, your ritual for about three days is to go in, wash with technu. Dry, <laughs> apply shit, and then lay down, fall asleep because you're on so many antihistamines that you can't keep your eyes open. But then 15, 20 minutes later, you wake up again and do it all over again for three days. You watch a lot of fucking movies. It sucked. I mean, I, I, I how, and, how, and you know you don't feel good when you do not even remotely have cabin. That's when you know you're really sick. How are the, how are the twig and berries? get cabin fever. Huh? How are the twig and berries? Oh, well, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> when you have poison ivy. Yeah. Okay, first of all, usually, you know, 99.999 to infinitum. People do not know they have poison ivy. So when you have it and you're, say, clipping bushes or cutting grass and you're sweating, and then you come inside and you take a piss, um, I've heard horror stories for Years, all the years of my life about people getting poison ivy on their uh, junk. And I have never gotten poison ivy on my junk. I have not either. I don't think I'm super allergic to it, though. My mom can get it if uh, the fucking, like if she, she burns it in a pile or like, or, or, you know, it's too close to it for too long, she can get it. 
I'm 99% positive that I got it off the neighbor has those two puppies because right where I would pick them up and hold them is where this big patch of it was. Uh. And then I'm petting them. Every morning when I come home, they, they, um, they come running to my car. And, and, and they were at the age of like a week ago or two weeks ago where they were still so stupid that they didn't realize <laughs> what a car was. Yeah. And so they wouldn't get out of the way, and I'd be backing up. And they, I, the one was under the car, and luckily he got he came out from under it, and I was going real slow. But anyway, go in, take a pee, get poison ivy on my dick and on my balls. Okay. Now, here's the dilemma. The poison ivy medication, which I didn't know it said this, says do not put on sensitive areas. <laughs> well, I have never particularly been much very a very sensitive person. So the le- the last thing that I thought would be sensitive on me would be my penis. <laughs> that thing's been getting abused for the last thirty five years. Uh, it should have like <laughs> I should be able to just smash glass bottles with it. Uh, but I had no other recourse because I was it itched so bad. All you all I was doing was sitting around. <laughs> like you know when when one of our colleagues was talking about the foreskin and how you could just roll it back and forth. <laughs> it, it's so bad it's just like you just wanted to just just do something you know so yeah. i had to put something then that stuff it 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 pretty much stopped itching right a, right away but then it felt like um i had a sunburn oh on my Wang. Oh, now I'm in stages uh, that it is actually peeling. But the oh. other day, it, did, it looked like my my Johnson was looked like an old leather wallet or something. It, and and you could barely, <laughs> I could barely feel it. it was it was so dry. It was so dry. It was it was horrible. It was if I was praying that I wouldn't get in a car wreck because if they would have put, took my pants off the hospital, <laughs> it'd have been like what the fuck. This guy's my dirty. Like dried. Prune. They were all just gathered up, but they were just almost fucking maroon. So anyway, it's I'm fixing it. (laughs) I've been putting putting my mom every year gets me some kind of cologne thing. Like I never even wear cologne, but gets me like a a box of like not Old Spice, but something like that with two cologne bottles, some soap and shit. And, I, and I'm like, you know, what am I going to do with this stuff? Well, this one had this rose petal lotion in it. And I've been squirting big glops of that on my Johnson. And it, it just soaks it up, but it still just it doesn't do anything. It just soaks. It just soaks in. Like I'm rehydrating the desert with a, hydro- <laughs> <laughs> a small desert. Anyway. Um, first thing I watched was a documentary called Capturing Reality. Uh, you know, we just talked about, we just wasted like, I don't know how many minutes right there. At least 10. At least 10. Capturing Reality. This movie is a documentary about uh, documentaries. And uh, they it's like the interview. Group group. Yeah, it's the group group. It's the okay, documentary. Let me take out the group group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting around with this fucking big dried up fucking coconut of a dick um, <laughs> capturing reality is a documentary about a documentary or about making documentaries <laughs> and they interview Werner Herzog and yes. just a shitload of fucking people that have made famous documentaries throughout the forever mm-hmm. it's really good um, there is some things in it that 
I don't know if I should say I don't agree with. Some of it was kind of shocked me, but also because I know that okay, I'm and I'm not talking about in some documentaries where they do uh, recreations of events. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about where they stage things that never happened. Uh, uh, like Little Dieter, uh, the, the movie about the, uh, the, the Christian Bale played the character in the Herzog movie. Well, Herzog did a documentary about the same character. Little Dieter uh, wants to learn to fly or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. And there is a scene in it where Dieter Dengler, they show him driving. He gets to his house. He gets out of his car. He shuts his car door like three times. He goes to his house. He opens the door. He opens it three times, goes inside, closes it three like he's obsessive compulsive. Yeah, and they explain it that because he was locked up in this uh, prison, Vietnamese prison camp for so many years, he does that all the time. Never happened. Never happened. He does not do that. Herzog made him do that just to put it in the movie, just to make it interesting. He created it. He wrote it. He made the guy do it, and the guy did it. Now that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, to me. I don't like that, but they explained why they do it and you know that it's still entertainment and blah 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 blah. So anyway, whatever. Okay. Now the next thing I watched was a bear, a bear named Winnie. It was a bear and the bear was a burden. It was a burden on Michael Fassbender, this bear. Um this movie was a movie called Bear Named Winnie on Netflix Instant Watch starring young Michael Fassbender. Uh and it's the story the the real story of the bear. It's a bear that uh, um, inspired the actual character, Winnie the Pooh. Kind of a kid's movie, but because he was in it, I wanted to watch it. And I like to hear him talk because I think he's funny. <laughs> uh, sort of. He doesn't get naked in it or anything. Oh. But it's, if you're, you know, I, I, you know, it's a sweet movie. It had some good stuff in it. But if, I, if you have a kid, watch this because some of you guys have kids. I don't have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dude, man. And fucking coconut balls and a Chipotle. Uh, next thing I watched was Scarface with Paul Mutiny on uh, Netflix. Needs to watch. Um, this was a uh, gangster movie. It's uh, fun to watch this one because watching it and then the you know the parallels with uh, the one with Al Pacino. Uh, so it's very very close. Uh, toned down, of course, because it's in the you know forties, fifties, whatever. Right. Um, but it's still good. Uh, he's crazy. He's Fucking crazy baby gets up out of the machine gun. <laughs> Come and get it. Anyway, uh, next thing I want is uh, We Were Here, uh, which is a documentary, Netflix Instant I was tearing, I mean, Netflix Instant Watch was getting abused uh, over the past few days. We Were Here is a documentary about AIDS in San Francisco uh, from the beginning of the, you know, um, <clears throat> epidemic. Uh, very good. It's it's sad, but it's a uh, you know it's uh, uplifting. Also, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things you don't think about, and um, uh, I like these kind of movies uh, because you know showing that the gay community uh, it, it, how it actually is. You know that not everybody that lived in San Francisco had had intimate relations with every other person. There is friendships. There are. You know, just people that care about each other, and it's not just like in some movies that where it's just leather bars and you know fist full of uh, 
Crisco up the butt. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, no, but it is. It's it's very good. It's a it's a it's a in depth uh, uh, documentary about that whole thing and Ronald Reagan saying, you know, what what AIDS. Anyway, fuck him in the ass. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I just need to move on from that one. Um, the next thing I watched was uh, The Real Rocky. This is a 30 for 30. I'm cursing Sammy for the 30 for 30s because uh, I've been watching them, and I feel like, I don't know, that some of them are good and some of them are, they're all right, but it's, I don't know. Uh, this one was good. This is one of the better ones about Chuck Wepner, who was uh, the real Rocky. Uh, he was a, um, a, a, a boxer. Uh, who got a shot at Muhammad Ali, um, and then Stallone kind of took his story and turned it into Rocky, turned it into a billion-dollar industry, and then eventually, guess what? Chuck Wepner said, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> and he sued Stallone. So it's pretty good. It's got some good footage, and, uh, and Chuck Wepner also fought Andre the Giant and Antonio Noki. So if you're a wrestling fan, chicken eat, chicken out, motherfucker. Um, Next thing I watched was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and this is not the Fat Val Robert Downey Jr. movie. This is a uh, an Italian um, kind of a James Bond spoof. Uh, I got it from Cinema Day Bazaar. Uh, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's it's got the guy, and I cannot remember what his name is. I didn't write it down. Um, who was in? And for a uh, uh, roof, a sky full of stars with Mario Adorf. Um, he's he's like one of these guys, kind of good looking, charismatic, but always plays the devil may care character, almost like a Tony Curtis, maybe a Dean Martin kind of a guy. Uh, but it's it's pretty funny. It's got some good shite in it. It's got some good looking women in it too. And uh, you know, I'm all about the ladies. I love ladies. Yeah. I'm. I'm uh, covering for the fact that I'm looking at uh, it's um, it's Giuliano Gemma in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Giuliano Gemma you've heard of him right I have I think so. yeah uh, it's uh, yeah it was good I liked it uh, so check it out maybe give them a little business if you want to and uh, go over there and say hey some of the names are Dr. Zomson Kiss Kiss Bang Bang <laughs> next thing I watched uh, which inspired me to watch this because I posted a picture uh, from the movie Red, and I realized, hey, Dr. Zom, I've got that Blu-ray laying right over there. Why not throw that in there and just watch it while you're sitting here digging your nuts? And um, <laughs> you still haven't seen Which one? Red. No, I haven't Red. seen it. I have not. Uh, Fox is good. And it starts out kind of uh, with some lighthearted silliness. Mm-hmm. and But man, it's fucking good. I love this movie. I love it. And then I turned around and I had an action movie night uh, on Blu-ray. The next movie I watched was from Paris with Love uh, with uh, big old butch John Travolta and uh, John Reese Myers from Velvet um, Goldmine Underground. But that was uh, Lou Reed's band, which I was reading about the other day. When my boss came out and I ignored him. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Paris uh, from Paris with Love. Let me tell you something. Paper, <laughs> this looks really fucking good on Blu-ray. Um, it is a um, – I almost couldn't think of Jean Reno, but then I remembered that he was married to my twink girlfriend when he was like 45 and she was probably 15. Um Anyway, uh, this is, to me, 
for action movies is a fucking modern classic. And I cannot believe that uh, with all the the movies out today that they do sequels to, Jesus Christ, the fucking character of Charlie Wax that Travolta plays. (laughs) Yeah. They made about 10 more movies. He's so fucking out snorting coke and fucking hookers. And he's the good guy. It's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Daddy. So then I decided to uh, lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> I watched a uh, kind of a lighthearted comedy called uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain. Uh, okay. Good date, good date movie. <laughs> yeah, if I, was, if I was dating myself. Uh, like I was sitting here. I have said, I can't remember what movie you were talking about or somebody was talking about the other day. And they said that, you know, they – that. It, it was it was sad and it made him cry and I was like, oh, you fucking pussies! I watched this goddamn. <laughs> I'm telling you what, from pretty much almost beginning to end, I sat there with fucking tears, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking waterfall. <laughs> um, this and I know some some of my friends that have seen The Fountain mm-hmm. uh, fucking say it's oh my god, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. This is just a it's beautiful. I love it. It's, yes, one of the oh my god! It it just tears your heart apart. It's but it, it has a great message. It's uh, if you want to know how I feel about uh, life and death and all that crap, pretty close to this. You know, I am a conquistador digging my balls. Uh, no, but I loved it. it was- <laughs> you should read the uh, the graphic novel that came out. Right. It's um. I mean, it's. I mean, obviously the same name. I'm trying to remember. I th- I'm trying to remember who did the artwork on it. Um, but it was done at, like I, I at the same time as the, it wasn't like one's based on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty interesting. This, I mean, it was so powerful, and um, I understand why some people didn't like it. But it's. I also am glad that guys like Darren Aronofsky are out there making movies like this. Mm-hmm. Take and getting it on the screen because fuck and the, the I bought it on the internet um, I can't remember when but um, when I got it it wouldn't play on anything and uh, it was an, it was an HD disc oh. but what I realized was flip the fucking disc over and the regular versions on the other side so <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I got it out and I was like wonder, nah, I know this motherfucker should play on something Motherfucker, put it in the goddamn yeah, whatever. And so the next thing I watched was each man keeps the things he loves. <laughs> and I have watched it on and off probably for eh, about four days. Uh, this movie is awesome. It is so fucking awesome. It is so weird. <laughs> the doc- so we did the whole show, so we don't have to go over it again. But fuck, that's I mean, it's just I watch it, and it's like the gift that keeps giving. Whether it's something funny. Or whatever. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, okay. Next thing I watched, and I'm going to speed it up just here a little bit because mm. I am about a quarter of the way through. Uh-oh. Uh, George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Giamatti, Marissa Tomei, Jeffrey Wright, and Evan Rachel Wood in The Ides of March. Fucking awesome movie. This uh, Just watching Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. Gosling and Clooney are fucking great. Philip Seymour Hoffman is so great in this, and and Jimani too. I, I this fucking movie's great. It's great. Okay. Uh, it's fucking.
fucking great, baby. Uh, another uh, 30 for 30 was into the so – that's what I'm saying. Some of these ones like are 30 for 30s are only like an hour long. Uh, into the Wind, that's the uh, 30 for 30 about uh, Terry uh, Fox that ran across Canada on one leg. Uh, watch that. Um, Oh, they had an HBO, made-for-HBO movie that was uh, on all the time, which was very inspiring, about the same guy, same character. Uh, it's good. It's, that's a good one. Uh, it's it's uh, heartbreaking also. Uh, the Little Traitor, which is Alfred Molina. This is a, an Israeli movie. Uh, takes place in Israel after um, World War II, and the British are still occupying it and trying to keep the peace. Uh, it's pretty, it's, it's, uh, if you look at the poster, you would think that it's, uh, maybe a kid's movie and I guess it could be a little bit, but it's got some stuff that's pretty funny in it with, uh, when this boy starts going through puberty and, and shit like that. So it's pretty good. It's on Netflix instant watch, uh, Batman and Robin with, uh, Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, and the, uh, chick that got kind of chuggy, chunky and, uh, Uma. What's her name? Alicia Silverstone. Okay, now I've seen this in forever, and I, I had put a pretty much a put it in the uh, pile of shit uh, where I was like, okay, this is Schumacher fucked it up. It sucks. Blah blah blah. This movie's funnier than shit. So anyway, watch it. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking funny. It's so stupid. It's funny. Um, Machine Gun Dragon, which I reviewed on. Podcast Without Honor and Humanity with Jake McLarge, huge, which we, I'm telling you what, we had some fucking, we had to endeavor to persevere because my cable company has been working on telephone poles and shit. And we sat there and talked for about a goddamn hour before we even started recording. And then as soon as we started recording, the goddamn cable started going up. Off and uh, uh, that movie's fucking great. Machine Gun Dragon. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, but I, I've never seen it. And uh, he always – every movie that we – I have yet to have a movie that he has recommended to me and or that we have reviewed on that show that hasn't been – just left me going, Jesus fucking Christ, that was so fucking awesome. Either funny or just the action or yeah. crazy, crazy Japanese stuff, baby. And you got a, you got a really young Sonny Chiba in that one. Uh, not for very long. Not I mean, he, long. I was – where the fuck you at, son of Chiba? Come on. I <laughs> uh, watched Hunger with uh, Michael Fassbender. Uh, I have it on goddamn Blu-ray, but for some reason, I discovered that the whole movie <laughs> is on YouTube, and it's not even a good quality copy, so you can't blow it up. And I still laid in bed uh, just moaning and groaning and watched. That movie is fucking great. Uh, Fassbender isn't in it the entire time, but he has a big cock, and he's hairy. In parts <laughs> Uh, Go You Can uh, is another movie that we reviewed on uh, Podcast with Honor and Humanity, a film by Hideo Gosha, director of the Three Outlaw Samurai and starring Tatsuya Nakadia. Um, <laughs> this movie was really good. It's uh, shot really well. It's uh, almost like an epic uh, samurai movie. Uh, the only thing, and I thought it was excellent. I and I thought it was, I mean, just beautiful to watch. The only thing that held it back for me was I got about 15 minutes into it and realized that Tom Laughlin, who made Billy Jack, remade this mo- samurai movie into a western called The Last or the uh, um, Last Gunfighter or something. Yeah, and so and it was shot for shot. So I was like, God damn it! I, it's almost like I had already seen it. I kept thinking, well, how the fuck? 
wait a minute, I've seen this, but I I haven't seen this. I don't remember. I remember all this shit, but something's different. Well, the something that was different was it was all in Japanese and uh, samurais instead of cowboys. Uh, so that kind of took away from it, but it's awesome. It's very good. Uh, the Captive City, Netflix Instant Watch. This is John Forsyth. It's a, uh, like a 1950s uh, black and white um, uh, cheapy, but it's still – it's a good movie. Um, he's the best actor, in it, and a lot of the other people are very not good actors. Uh, it, it's about a town uh, where these – you know the, the gambling syndicate kind of comes in, and he's a, a newspaper guy. Uh, it must have been done with the cooperation of the federal government because mm-hmm. Senator Estes Keefe Oliver – uh, does a little speech at the end about organized crime and communities fighting it and everything. So anyway, Netflix is watching. It's worth watching. Uh, next thing I watched was what the fuck is this? Oh, okay. Uh, on in uh, commemorance with uh, William Friedkin's birthday the other day, I watched Rampage, also on Netflix Instant Watch. Uh, this stars Michael Bean uh, and uh, Deborah Valkenberg, who is one of our. I don't know if she's. <laughs> saint but she's something uh and um this is really good it's it's um not one of his best but uh a lesser friedkin is still a good friedkin and it's uh, based on a true story the whole movie is about the death penalty uh about a crazy guy mm-hmm. uh, who got kind of a uh, serial killer he kind of reminded me of like richard ramirez the night stalker so i don't know if that's who he was supposed to be or not but uh, and then the, the majority of the trial or the majority of the movie is him on trial and them talking about whether they're going to put him to death and this and that. So it's good. Netflix is much. Matter of taste. Uh, serving up Paul Liebrandt uh, is a documentary that I saw a couple years ago when I was at Myrtle Beach. Uh, it is now on Netflix Instant Watch. Uh, I thought it was really good. I'm not into. Uh, cooking shows or anything like that. I just happen to see it on HBO. It's a made-for-HBO documentary. Uh, but the way it's shot and the guy himself, it, he's a kind of a, a – uh, he's got charisma, kind of a compelling character. And kind of the, the way it's shot and everything, it's some some – like you want to watch it and you want to see – how his life progresses and everything. Uh, Without Bias, another 30 for 30 about Len Bias doing cocaine, dropping dead. Uh, Didn't really like this one that much. I didn't really give a fuck. Um, (laughs) Just didn't do that much for me. You know, oh, he did cocaine. Oh, now he's dead. Uh, um, Yeah, so, well, you know, you make choices, I guess. Uh, I'm sorry for him and his family and whatever, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I just didn't think it was that good. Uh, Next thing I watched was Small Potatoes. Um, Another 30 for 30, Who Killed the USFL. This one was pretty good. Uh, the best part about this was, um, you know, the majority of it's about, uh, or a lot of it's about Trump, Donald Trump. Uh, but uh, there's some other people in it that, uh, like Burt Reynolds was behind uh, one of the franchises and uh, some, some of the other rich guys that were behind it. But not only that, I just like seeing some of the players that played in the USFL that went on to, to be really good or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim Kelly, you know, those guys. Uh, and last thing I watched, which was right before we went on the aim, is uh, the perfect – it's a documentary Netflix has to watch called The Perfect Cappuccino. Uh, Eucalyptus Pictures presents a film by Amy Ferraris. Uh, this is pretty good because um, uh, this girl just um, – she likes cappuccino. She lived in Italy, and over there I guess they actually make good, real cappuccino. <laughs> yeah. And- but what it kind of got – she got a grant. She actually went and got a grant to 
research the history of cappuccinos. So she got to go back over to Italy, go all over the place uh, doing this documentary about cappuccinos. The, and, and it, but it really gets off into the whole Starbucks monopoly and phenomenon and if that's good or bad. And it's got Reverend – was it Reverend Billy who was the kind of uh, fake uh, televangelist who fights against corporate uh, – Oh, I don't know him. Monopoly and tyranny. He's funny. I mean, he he he. His persona is a is a reverend, but him and these people will go and pick it. And he's got like a big pompadour, almost like a like a stray cat's, like a big big pompadour huh. haircut and everything. And he acts like Jimmy Swaggart. But then he brings all these like a bus full of people dressed up like a, a choir, and they protest like Walmart or Starbucks, and you know say you know we need to get rid of these people and bring back uh, our money to our communities and our local families. And so you know, pretty cool guy. That's cool. Smart. He doesn't rape babies or anything because I just endorsed the shit out of him. He <laughs> got this. Awesome. So, despite uh, being a normal work week for me and being uh, a bit sick, which usually leads to me not watching many movies because I just want to sleep, but I got a, I got a decent amount in for me lately. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, the Goblin soundtrack that turned me on to the film, one I'd never seen for whatever reason, but uh, I watched The Heroin Busters. This is a Enzo Castellari film from 77, uh, Fabio Testi and David Hemmings. Um, this was really good. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's kind of an undercover cop story. Fucking Testi looks like a redneck mess in it because he's, I mean, he's supposed to be like a hippie or something, but... I don't know, man. He. It's funny. I posted it on our group. I, I, I consider him, at you know, in the seventies to be a good-looking guy. He was just ugly in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if it was just like the way they had him dressed or what, or if maybe this is like later in his career and he was just getting old. But he kind of looked. Yeah. He kind of looked busted. So, um, but the the Goblin soundtrack for it's really good. And so it was, I was surprised to come across it. I was looking on Spotify and they uh, for Goblin and the Heroin Buster soundtrack is on there. So. La Via della Droga. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> um, I watched another Eurocrime film, uh, Da Corleone a Brooklyn, or From Corleone to Brooklyn, uh, an Umberto Lindsay, uh, starring Maurizio Merli. Uh, pretty good. This is um, another one that's not like, you know, cop chasing the bad guy this one is pretty cool because it's another later euro crime this is 79 but uh it's a um you know the there's a guy already in prison and the most of the story is merely trying to get this like key witness from one place to another without him getting jacked because he's the guy that's going to help finally get this mob boss put away good shit um i like that one let's see I watched, uh, borrowed it from my friend Philip. Um, he actually wants to come and review this and something else at some point. But uh, Dig, this is um, a music documentary I quite enjoyed, a rarity for me. Um, spoiler alert for if we ever review it. But um, this is, uh, I don't remember who directed this, but this does cover, you know, strife inside bands. But the way it's handled, it's not a story element. You know, most of them are do the VH1 behind the music shit where it's like, here's the beginning. Here's them doing awesome. Here's them fighting. Here's them maybe making up. This one is, 
here's these crazy motherfuckers that hate each other from the beginning. And here's this other group that kind of wishes they were them. So it's like, this is the story of Brian Jonestown massacre and the dandy Warhols. Um, dandy Warhols kind of made it big, especially in Europe. Um, but the way the, I mean, if you listen to the music, you'd see it, but the way the documentary shows it is that, you know, despite them making it big, they were never quite the artists that their friends, they were actually friends with the guys in the Brian Jonestown Massacre who was fronted mm-hmm. by this guy, Anton Newcomb. And Anton Newcomb is a fucking, like, he's a crazy person, legit. But he makes incredible, incredible music. So this guy, Courtney Taylor, that's the lead singer of Dandy Warhols, really wanted to be Anton Newcomb and tried to make similar music and all this stuff. And they made it pretty big. But their music never quite lived up to the same. But then you have the Brian Jonestown Massacre, who makes amazing music, who never really have made it big at all. Um, it's really interesting. So it's, it's like us and the Gentleman's Guide. <laughs> exactly. We are the dandy. No, wait. No. What? Wait. We're. I guess we're like the Dandy Warhols, but without the success. Yeah. So we wish we could be Sammy and Large William. Um, oh, well. Maybe. So yeah, that was really good. We'll have to review it. Um, Let's see. And the same day I watched, uh, it was kind of a revisit. I don't think I ever finished it when I watched it. I watched this about, it had to have been right when it came out. And I didn't make it through it. But Fear and Loathing in Las, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Uh, I liked it a lot more this time. I still don't know if this is going to be one that's a frequent for me. Um, it's a, just a little loose in the plot for one, for to be something you're just going to sit down and just enjoy, unless you just find most of their antics really humorous. Which, yeah, for the first hour you're like, oh my god, that's fucking crazy, and then like you're like, okay, they're now they're okay. Uh, and the the visual, okay, visual now they're stoned again. <laughs> He's throwing up now, too much mescaline. Throwing up an elevator, baby, with a big Bowie knife. So Benicio uh, del Toro was awesome though. Benicio, at, at Benicio, playing you. Everybody at playing me. Everybody was great in the movie. It's just it's a it's a it's a hard movie to really like latch onto for me for some whatever reason. I, I liked it. I will say I finished it. <laughs> That's a good sign. But um, well, just remember too, you posted a new picture of your new hair, and that really uh, <laughs> makes it even more <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> um. With his yeah, Benicio, Benicio del Toro with his big old fucking gut just jiggling out the whole time in the car. That was awesome. Uh, watch the two movies for the show. Oh. What? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, uh oh. Um, Sound effect. I watched the <laughs> I watched the Night Porter. I've never seen this one. This is on Hulu Plus. Uh, and um, it's hey. interesting. I kind of wanted to get some uh, other reactions from it. I like this quite a bit. Um, I, I read some old reviews, like I said, on the Facebook group from Ebert. I read the New York Times review, and they pretty much trashed this as like just sleazy and and kind of a mess. And that, but with with decent See, performances. I, that's I, I read when you said that. I read Ebert's review, uh-huh. and I did. He reviewed it almost to me like he was reviewing Ilsa She Wolf of the SS, right? And I didn't see that at all. I thought it was so much more. I didn't see it as um, disgusting because this Jewish girl, uh, you know, and then and then she's having sadomasochistic sex with this uh, uh, SS guy, and then when they get out of the prison, they go right back to it and all this. That I thought 
it was more like a Stockholm syndrome thing, right? Uh, and and there there were so many layers uh, that it wasn't just that; it yeah. was so much more. And yeah, that thought, fat I it, fuck. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, and I'm cu- I, I'll just be curious to I have to dig up some more current reviews and see mm-hmm. if like kind of the general feeling of the film has changed since when it came out. Well, I think there's a lot of people that are really disturbed by it because, you know, uh, um, they take the viewpoint of, okay, the, you know, this is, I, I don't know if I want to say, an, not anti-Semitic, but, you know, it's the Holocaust. You shouldn't make stupid movies like this. It's just degrading and all this. And that. And it's like, no, it's a movie. It's a story. It's a different take, and it's it's a confusing uh, the 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 people, uh, the times, and the I don't know. I, but the, I I still think that that the reviews will still be very mixed because I think some people would go into it with a chip on their shoulder right off the bat. Mm-hmm. If depending on their perspective of the Holocaust and and uh, Nazi Germany and the Jews and stuff like that. But I also know a lot of people, even people that are in our kind of. Uh, group or culture or whatever that have never seen it and the first thing they do is they see the box with charlotte rampling with the ss hat on the suspenders no shirt and everything yeah and the first thing they think is nazi exploitation oh my god this is gonna be so sexy and it's nothing to me it's not that at all yeah yeah although she was pretty sexy she's always sexy (laughs) (laughs) um the Uh oh uh oh (laughs) <laughs> uh, the last movie I watched was the, I guess it's a sequel um, to Suspiria. I watched Inferno, um, another uh, Argento. And I will say the Blue Underground disc of this, I have the Blue Underground DVD, looks excellent. Uh, they did a great a job sequel? restoring this. Well, he, there's a, I guess a, Argento kind of loosely worked in, tr- in trilogies with a few things. And this is the uh three mothers trilogy oh so it's kind of like good the bad and the ugly few dollars more and right well i mean really sequels but they're they're kind of they're they all have something to do with with like a witch's coven kind of thing and and the this one takes place in new york and rome and the third witch in germany is mentioned um which would i I assume be the one from suspiria so um i need to watch it it's pretty good. Um, I'll have to watch the third one. I, I like this one. It's it. Some of the visuals, I think, and I, this goes with a lot. I I haven't seen this one before, but some of the some of the visuals, and this is this goes with a lot of Argento for me. That I like what it looks like better than the story. Um, but there's some really great like setups and stuff in this one. Um, I posted an image of the of this girl swimming underwater, and it's a, it's a surreal scene right at the beginning where she's in a basement and she drops like her keys or something into this hole in the mm-hmm. floor, and it's like this complete like submerged room underneath carpet, furniture, and everything, and like a corpse just is like floating around in there, and it, uh, it oh god, it fucking it gives me a chill yeah. now, but it. T- it touches her. Gives me, it touches her feet, like she has bare feet, and because she she has to jump down in there to get her keys, and it floats up underneath her, and the head bumps up against her bare feet, and it as soon as it her, the like slimy looking head touched her foot, I was like, oh god, hey, yeah. coffee, ah. and then your wife started throwing up in the bathroom. <laughs> ah. Um, but uh, 
no, Inferno's good. I'll have to check. Mother of Tears is the third one, which was made. This one was made in like 1980. Mother of Tears is from, is from 2007, so I'm kind of scared of that one, but we'll see how it goes. I'll watch that one for next week, I think. So, And that was it. I, I did start Goyokin as well, but uh, I've been in and out of consciousness in the last couple of days. So. <laughs> hates it stuff too um you've seen tub girl haven't you uh yeah that's tub girl is kind of what started the whole looking up shit on the ipad at horror last year that's oh, okay. what i was looking okay. for yeah because right. because i was looking so, up- uh, jacob feltner or what uh, no whatever i mean the guy that's name doesn't sit there is like Jacob <laughs> Jeltner, he told me about tub girl and then when you were talking about your wife throwing up in the toilet I thought about that, and I was literally going to ask you if it would be bad form or considered rude if your spouse is on their knees throwing up in the toilet violently if you went in and started having sex. I shouldn't say that. That that might be inappropriate. Unless you're into that. Unless you're into that. Um, So that was it. It would be fun. If, but usually when somebody's sick, they don't think stuff's funny. No, no. I, I didn't think anything at all was funny on Saturday night. I thought I thought the fact that I was shivering when it was like 80 degrees in my house was pretty funny. But other than that. Uh, so let's take a break and come back and review. I'll just go in in, uh, in order here. We'll do Bird with a Crystal Blah. All right. Sound good? Bird with a Crystal Plumage from 1970. We'll come back and review that next. During this podcast, I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there is only one action movie being reviewed, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record and you can listen, everybody can be entertained. Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction. Your home for all things action. To find out more, visit metalmikey.lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. Our first, <laughs> our first. That's funny. I was just looking at the a cover of a, a Ramones comic book, the Rock and Roll Romance. God, I mean, that would have been awesome if they had played that and then just fucking went into something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. First yeah. review of the day: Bird of the Crystal Plumage. Zom, I'll let you introduce it here. Yes, Bird of Crystal Plumage. Um, I like that Fat Albert thing that Mikey does. That's pretty cool. A writer is stalked by a serial killer after witnessing a murder attempt on one woman's life? (laughs) They didn't teach you how to read out loud in school, did they? 
Well, um, as, some people tried to. As we've already said, this is uh, Dario Argento. Some. This is his very first. This might be even his first feature film, but his first giallo. Um, He's a crazy fucker. <laughs> he. Uh, he, he, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Somebody say something about get crazy. <laughs> He's got a big old head. It's crazy. Big old crazy pterodactyl head. <laughs> he got a head like Sauron from the X-Men. <laughs> yes, his first directorial feature length thing of a bobber. Um, yeah. You know, this is a this is the first of his unofficial animals trilogy. Um, also, this is followed by Cat of Nine Tails, Cat of Nine Tails, and Four Flies on Gray Velvet. I almost watched that the other day. Is Cat of Nine Tails? Is that does that have Thomas Millian in it? Probably uh, not. I'm thinking of a different one. It has James Franciscus uh, and Carl Malden. I like James Franciscus and Carl Malden. Can be a magnificent bastard. I I think Carl Mal- Carl Malden is blind in that one. Um, it's pretty good. So he doesn't even know he has a nose like a light bulb. <laughs> what is this thing? Um, the American Express card. Uh, let's start <sighs> start the crystal plumage. Uh-oh. Let's get through this. My stomach hurts. Okay, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this it is does, his, fir- his first kidding. giallo, and if, um, as famously defined by uh, F13 from Cinema Diabolica. Yeah. Uh, black gloves, boobs, and blood. Um, and I believe this has a little of all three. Mm. Um, Giallo, for those of you who don't know, is typically they're, they're based on a series, like not a series, but these yellow-covered, Giallo means yellow, yellow-covered kind of trashy, almost slasher novels that used to come out in like drugstores and stuff in Italy. Um, always a murder mystery, typically involves an unseen killer, um, and somebody being obsessed with trying to track down whoever that killer is. Um, this one stars Tony Mustaine and a few other people. Uh, does not star Mario Adorf, although he is a highlight for me. <laughs> He's a fucking mess in this movie, and I love it. Um, so, yeah. Um, the story is set up with uh, Mustaine's character, whom I'm blanking on the name of, Sam. Um, Sam Dalmas. Sam is an American journalist, and uh, he's been convinced by a friend to not yeah, get a go, haircut. Yeah, not get a haircut, and yet yeah, go to Italy. Um, <laughs> it, it'll be inspirational. Go, go write your shit over there. And he says that he's just been floating around for two years, like seeing the sights, and he's, he's blown all his money. Uh, and now he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going back to the United States because I can't get shit done here. I keep buying leather jackets and tight pants, and I'm not getting anything done." Um, well, so he he in a, on a walk out one night he witnesses an attempted murder in the in a in a, a kind of a I guess it's an art gallery. Mm-hmm. It's got a very odd floating like not floating like a sliding glass door to cover the front. It seems like an open air kind of like they open it up to the to the outside during the day instead of having like a door you push to go in. Flies and stuff be flying. There. Yeah, and um. It's a it's these double doors and I I love this scene and this this starts off immediately like I mean you know how Argento almost fetishizes imagery um, he loves architecture and like like just the way things are set up um, I think his use of decor and stuff like that now granted I've not seen anything he's done after like 1982 but 
a lot of his imagery, a lot of his style is highlighted by these, you know, very period specific decorations, uh, architecture and stuff like that, that maybe don't come across as well in his newer things, but this is coming from somebody that hasn't seen his newer things. That I, and I just know that he's kind of lost a, his touch somewhere and that he doesn't make films really that people are really getting behind anymore. Yeah. Um, I've heard that. Um, but this one, you know, immediately, like it's just a very stylized place, but the guy gets stuck between the two doors. It's, I guess it's a security thing or whatever, but how can I get out of here? I'm stuck. Right. You see, my so hair is bushy. He's kind of, he's, he's witnessing <laughs> this woman dying. She, yeah. you know, she's been stabbed in the gut and he's just, he, all he can do is sit there and watch and kind of bang on the window. Um, my note says, bring in the perverts. Oh, right. Okay. So <laughs> here they are, the perverts. <laughs> uh, so he becomes, but since he sound is effect. the sole sound effect, the, since he's the sole, you know, witness to this attempted murder, he becomes obviously the prime suspect and he gets stuck in Italy. Now, what I, what I like about this I like I like the gradual way he becomes more and more involved in the story. Um, instead of just be you know instead of just stumbling across it and thinking um, immediately he needs to just solve it because it's like a personal interest, he uh, he's he's being detained in Italy because he's the prime suspect. So he has immediately reason to try to figure out you know what's going on, like who stabbed this lady. And I like that about this, but so they, you know, they, they want him to look at some maybe other suspects. So it was funny, like bring in the perverts, like they, <laughs> the way that's done. Ursula Andress. Yeah, Ursula Andress. Wait and, a minute. I told you Ursula Andress doesn't go there. She goes with the transvestites. Now, come on. She's not a pervert. She's a transvestite. For transvesti- oh God. Transvestite. Um, what he said. What he said. Bring in the pervert. So, um, and every, when they said that, like everybody from the GGTMC just fucking files out. <laughs> Get that metal Mikey off there. Um, He's not a bird. He's a transvestite. <laughs> 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 Ooh. <laughs> if I could turn back time. Um, <laughs> One more chorus. <laughs> if I could find a way. All right, now let's go on. Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, my stomach doesn't hurt now, though. That's good. Um, now, <sighs> it's, it, it, it does seem like in many giallo that that the law enforcement it's well a lot of a lot of the time it could be law enforcement or the regular guy becoming obsessed with finding the black gl- glove killer. It's something that just needs to be solved. But like I said, I like the way it's handled. He falls deeper and deeper as he learns more. I think it's nicely constructed. It it, it ramps up as it goes on, which I think is done well. Um, there's a funny I, another thing I like about this is the uh, the use of technology in it. Now it's pretty dated now, but it's kind of neat how they break down sound and stuff to compare voices on phone calls and stuff like that. Instead of just hearsay and like you know stuff that people wrote down, they're actually using science, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, unless you're a Republican, unless you're a Republican, fuck science. Uh, <laughs> off there a little bit. Mm-hmm. The uh, I, I'm all, I'm com- I'm t- constantly thrown off. Uh, I did like the one lab technician with the giant sunglasses, wearing them indoors for whatever reason. I don't know why that was going on, but. Um, so it's and you you get a nice parallel there because he's the you know the the guy who you know to, uh, Mustaine his character goddamn Sam um, I'm just off today man 
<laughs> yeah, well, let's just record tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. See you guys. The um, Sam has he's he's following more traditional means of figuring out the mystery. He's talking to people and blah blah blah. And then you have the police on the other side. I don't know. Maybe it's a comment on you know changing police method, police methods. I don't know, but he um, you know they're using the science stuff. They're comp- they're running tapes. They are. Uh, you know, letting him do all the the hard, hard, and <laughs> dangerous work while they sit on their fat asses. <laughs> yeah, this is this tape seem good. Sipping espressos. Yes, um, I wish I had one of those right now. No, you don't. That'll, <gasps> that'll kill your stomach. Oh yeah, um, but a good thing moving, Daddy O. Uh, when he goes to uh, sound effect, the, when he goes to the <laughs> the one ga- the one gallery, I love the uh, the painting that he kind of comes across. Uh, Will Will said he actually he's wanted the painting forever. It's a pretty fucking horrific painting of like almost like a crude landscape landscape with this woman totally getting like eviscerated on, in yeah. a in a meadow. Um, the but he goes to the gallery and wants to find out kind of the history of this painting and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because it's tied to a girl that was that's murdered and um this this painting becomes almost like a focal point for Sam you know he's he'll sit there and stare at it his his hot british girlfriend is wanting attention and he's just looking over her shoulder at this this horrific painting um the uh but the gallery owner was re- it was really weird he's obvi- i mean he's obviously being portrayed as kind of an over the top gay guy and they're talking about two <laughs> lesbians. And he he made like, Musante uh, <laughs> a little bit uneasy. Um, did, I say, like, did I say Mustaine earlier? Musante. Dave, yeah, well, Dave Mustaine, too. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> that would be a completely imagine, different Yeah, if he, uh, if he had his hair, that red bush of hair cut like Tony <laughs> Musante with a mole on his face. Uh, he's Dave like, Mustaine. hey, you stay away from me, you gay man. <laughs> You're making um, me feel uneasy. But he says, I'm no racist, for heaven's sake, when he's talking about a girl being a lesbian. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was really odd. But uh, you know, He the, wanted some of that. He wanted to run his fucking fingers through that bushy hair. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> did, man. He was coming on strong. Yeah. Vishnu. Tony. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vishnu. I hope Vish is growing his... For you, for you guys' sake, I hope Vish is growing his hair out for Horror Hound. I hope so, too. I won't be the same if he doesn't. No. Um. So you you get a you get the hint in this movie that um Argento's really starting to play with the camera a lot, and you know I mentioned it earlier. This is what I appreciate most about Argento is his use of color, his use of like interesting angles. Um, his lighting is just tremendous. Um, there's a beautiful transition between. Now Sam has the black and white a black and white photo of that painting that he's looking at on his wall. There's a really beautiful transition of that painting just kind of fading into the color where it shows the actual painting itself. There's a slow zoom in and then back out. And he does that a lot in the film to show kind of (coughs) sound effect, a real one though. Um, kind of, kind of, uh, to give highlight to thing. I mean, there's even a, there's even a (laughs) zoom out and in on a tape recorder, uh, when they're listening to, uh, a, a, a phone conversation with the alleged killer. Um, you know, even he does it even stylishly there where it just slowly zooms out. It, you know, it, we start in just on the two reel to reel, 
um, tapes and it zooms out and shows everybody sitting around it. Um, there's a, in the, the cut we watched, I think this is kind of reconstru- reconstructed. Um, there's, there's a couple things that look like maybe they've been, they were cut out for a while. Um, one is there's a nice stab to the coot <laughs> that you get. Um, it's just the grain, there's grainier footage there mm-hmm. where of the killer, like ripping off this girl's panties. Now this girl, woo, <sighs> wow. Um, Jesus Christ. she had this like sheer nighty thing on with her big old titties kind of showing through and, and she falls down on the bed and it's just like, and wow. that's just how she just dressed just to go yeah. to sleep by herself. The um, I was that, like, she gets dolled up in fucking lingerie like that. I guess when you look that good, you you know. But the, even 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 God. in this scene, you can see Argento playing with the camera. You know, you have a zoom in on the knife itself. Um, I love how he always has super polished blades in his movies. There's always a there's always a scene where the guy's gonna like turn the knife and it's gonna like reflect light into the mm-hmm. camera or something. And they're always super shiny. They're never like dull or anything like that. I I. I, I the knife that. is an extension of Argento's penis. He has a very sharp, shiny member. He probably sits at home and, I mean, I'll just go ahead because I, I have comments. <laughs> um, there's, uh, but, you know, the, the grainier footage, you know, when he's, when the killer's actually thrusting the blade and, and whatever, and you can tell that it goes back to blood spattering on the pillow that that was the original cut of the movie. Um, My dick looks like a turtle's <laughs> neck. <laughs> In uh, Sam's Sam's exploration through this mystery leads him to go and see the artist of the <laughs> the artist of the painting that he's been so obsessed with, and it's Mario Adorf. Now, this is a pretty famous scene in certain circles because this artist Mario Adorf plays this guy, and I don't remember his name in the movie. I never do. Uh, Berto Berto. Now Berto lives in a house that can only be accessed by a ladder. <laughs> he, he, it's, <laughs> it's really bizarre. His hair is like, it's, you talk about bushy hair. Yeah. Uh, Masante's put to shame by this, by this mane that, or that uh, Adorf is sporting. He's just a mess, and I love it. Um, he's fucking crazy. He's just sharing. Now, now let, me, let me ask this. If you go out into the country to meet a very eccentric artist, and he's like, here, have some food, and he pushes you what has to be at least room temperature or cooler meat across the table. Are you going to eat it? Just like, <laughs> I mean, I would, because I mean, I'm known to, I, I live the bachelor lifestyle and even like the people that I'm friends with or that I work with, uh, look down on me because I eat things. <laughs> and it's, it's a good, there's a nice payoff of what that meat actually is that I won't give up. Um, but it's funny, like you have to crawl on a ladder and stuff, and you know they're trying. He's, it's a funny scene. Um, it almost kind of doesn't fit in the rest of the movie. But um, you know, like I said, I just really like some of the architectural stuff. I like, I like, you know, there's zoom ins on a, a pistol. It's even, I mean, super stylized. There's a there's a scene where it shows a pistol firing. All you see is the hand in the pistol, and it looks like a fake, almost like. Uh, Lichtenstein's type type like spotlight on the it could have been it could have been pop art just a, like a round circle of light right behind the pistol I mean it's it, it it doesn't make sense logically but visually I think it's very nice looking um, lots of shot there's a shot down on like a triangular staircase and everything and again and I, you could see it growing more and more through his films but it's maybe some people might see it as like kind of 
directorial masturbation almost. He, you know, a lot of it's not necessary, but it adds a certain European style to a lot of his films. He, um, you know, you, you can almost recognize his, his visual imprint on these films, which I, that's, and like I said, that's what I appreciate the most about them typically. But even when the story can suffer, I'll still find something worth revisiting even Mm -hmm. uh, just from what they look like. Um, I, I'm really curious what you had to say. This is, I've seen this a few times. I, I want to see what you thought of this movie. Mm, it's all right. <laughs> no, I, I um okay. First of all, I didn't, I, I had, you know, obviously this must be a uh, pretty classic movie because though I have not seen any Argento movies, I had heard the title of this. Um, I didn't know who was in it. And uh, Tony Masante, um, I always kind of liked him. He usually played kind of an asshole, and he was big in the late 60s, early 70s, and he actually had a TV show called uh, Toma, mm-hmm. which was based on a real guy that was a detective that kind of would – he was uh, almost like a Serpico kind of a detective right. in real life, and uh, the guy Toma – actually came to our high school and gave a drug talk in front of the assembly oh, one nice. time. And so that was kind of cool. But Masante, he did that, and the show was pretty successful. But then he was like, I don't want to do a TV show. So he quit, and they didn't stop the show. They just changed the name of it, and it became Beretta. And they got Robert Blake to play the yeah. basically the same character with a different name, yada, yada. So anyway, and I liked Masante. He was in a, um, a movie with Martin Sheen uh, where – he and Martin Sheen kind of are assholes that lay siege to a subway train. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they don't have – I mean, they, I think they might like uh, have a switchblade or something like that. But they're just jerks, and they get on the subway train with these middle-class people who don't want to get involved, and they kind of menace everybody. So he's a good actor. Um, now he's, he's pretty good in this too. Yeah, uh, and I like you know he he has great hair, um, <laughs> the mole and the hair. Um, so anyway, I have seen. I think I watched a couple of Jallo movies: Seven Murders for Scotland Yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the one with Angie Dickinson, um, the Brian De Palma one, dressed and to my kill. cocaine. Yeah, dressed to kill. Um, and there was another one I think that I watched. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, I my opinion of them – there there are things in it that – okay, I'm, I'm all for a uh, mystery or a police procedural or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, killer kills people, whodunit, da-da-da-da. Um, there are some things involved that I don't like and that I still don't like, even mm-hmm. after watching both these movies. Um, I don't know how to put it cause it's weird. And I've said this before on the show. Um, you know, we all talk about lots of s- sexual situations and boobies and <laughs> hot chicks and stuff like that. I always – I don't know what it is about these movies uh, in particular that just bother me. The Okay, now the guy stalking the women and the women, you know, here he comes and he's walking towards them and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. That doesn't – it's they're very 
grotesque, very um, – and I think I know why they're – okay. I, I say that. I think I know why he's doing it because it is very horrifying. Yeah. But I don't feel the same way. Okay, when I watch Zodiac, mm-hmm. and in Zodiac, uh, the part where the two people are by the lake and the Zodiac killer shows up, he ties them with their hands behind their back, and then he proceeds to stab them. No, no, um, no musical score, no nothing. You actually hear the sound effect of the knife, and the people, the guy just, he gets stabbed, and it's like a delayed reaction. He's like, you know, because it, it's just so horrible. I don't get that, and, and I thought that was really well done because I thought it really displays okay. or, or shows the, the, the horror, how horrifying this is, what these people are actually going through. You don't need the music and stuff to do that. But the way that this is done... It's very, style, it's very stylized. It's so stylized that it's very distasteful for me. And, uh-huh. I, and I know that you know, you're like, okay, people might be like, uh, okay, you, you, you watch uh, Girl in the Tub or the fucking Blue Waffle or some <laughs> shit like that or, or goddamn a girl getting double penetration. I don't know what it is. It's, I, I don't think it's needed. I don't like the way it looks. It's, fe- uh, when it's, the, it's fetishized violence. Very much so. And it's, it's just very distasteful for me. It's so fetishized. Um, when the guy, when the girl, like you said, uh, in the little teddy or the little, uh, you know, whatever, uh, 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 she's really sexy. She puts on the stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, she looks good. And the guy comes in. I have no problem. When he gets on top of her, no problem with that. Or the, the, when they show, even in like seven Murders for Scotland Yard. That's the one thing right off the bat that I just really did not like. It really turned me off so much is when they show the knife going, like pushing into the skin. They show that close up. Yeah. I didn't in, like in, that. In Suspiria. That, I, I showed um, the the famous scene with the girl on the glass window at the very beginning. I showed it to a, a friend of mine, and he was totally wincing with that knife going. Like, yeah. You just see the arm coming like, like the blade sinking in. And, and the, the, there was there were several things like that that I, I like his visual style and everything, uh-huh, uh-huh. but there are certain things that he does that I'm like this. It, it's almost just like a stunt uh, camera work when somebody screams and he has the camera almost in their mouth and shows like a close up of their tongue. Yeah, yeah, uh, stuff like that. It's just like too much. It's like you know that he didn't need that at all. There were certain things like that, that he didn't need. Now. Um, there were there were parts of this that I know it moves the story along and and it 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 allows the hero to be for the movie to be what it is for the hero to move the the story along and everything right. but that are just kind of ridiculous like the the cops uh, letting him go do all this stuff, encouraging him to go do all this stuff right right and that happens a lot in this, in these type of films too that- not a sense. <laughs> But but um, that that's that's what. But I the the parts where uh, Musante is dealing with the police when he's going and investigating, when he's asking these questions, and he's going to all these different places. During I had no problem with any of that. Uh, The music and everything I liked. I liked for the the majority of the movie the way it was shot and everything. Uh, Ennio Morricone did the did the soundtrack for this. Yeah, and and and, which was which is different from Suspiria, 
which is a totally different. Oh yeah, music that, by music. the late '70s, you know, the soundtracks to a lot of this kinds of stuff had changed quite a bit. So, this but, is it's he Morricone still did a more uh, traditional. Now it's different right. for him, I think, but it's still it's still like orchestral in, in a lot of ways. Now it does have some voice stuff, and it's got a lot of the. I don't know what that instrument is called, but it basically it's just like, it's like a chime. It's like a little, it's like, you know, a row of tiny little metal bars that you kind of run your fingers through to make that jingling, that jingling sound, whatever. I don't know what that thing is called, but maybe they are just chimes, but, but there's a lot of that in there. It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's a good, it's a good soundtrack. It's not like one that you're going to say, you're going to necessarily hear it and be like, Oh, that's a Morcona. What's that? It's not the kind of music you're going to put at the beginning of your podcast. <laughs> right, right. Right, right, right. Uh, but I thought everybody in it was pretty good. Now, uh, of, of course, obviously, this is the, there's, you know, most of the characters are dubbed. Uh, mm-hmm. And that in itself, I mean, it, it, it didn't really affect me that much, other than there were times where the, it, it kind of seemed like, you know, you can tell it's dubbed. But well, a lot uh, of the actors are speaking in English already. Yeah. So I'm curious whose voice was whose, like if it was actually them dubbing themselves or what. Mm-hmm. But um, I the the one one thing I I forgot until I was just getting ready to say this. Um, because of the circumstances of my physical being, <laughs> okay, I was I would start watching this. I watched this movie. If you looked at my iPad and you could see how many times I watched it in its entirety, it was probably like 10 times because I would start watching it and I would fall asleep. And it's not because the movie wasn't good. (laughs) It's because I was fucking drugged uh, and I would just get so drowsy I'd fall asleep. And it seemed like almost every single time Musante went to Adorf's house (laughs) Adorf is like standing up on top of this thing and he puts the ladder down and then I would hear people screaming and all kinds of shit and I was like I had convinced myself okay it must be this guy is the guy that's doing it whatever because throughout the whole movie I'm trying to figure out who the killer actually is and everything Uh, they throw uh, a few red herrings your mind once you've watched so many movies you, you start trying to be you know, mm-hmm. extra smart. Uh, I convinced myself there for a while that Musante was the killer and he was going to have a split personality or something. Um, hey, you never know. I know. I, I mean, you know now, but I'm saying like as you're, you know, with these Well, movies, you never know. You never with know. With these who, movies, that could happen, definitely. Like when, when Bronson, when he was working on the car and Musante came in, Charles Bronson's in there, and, you know, it could be him. Red hair. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... um. I thought oysters that, and turkey. Now this movie is not super duper long. It's only no. like an hour and a half long. Yeah. But and I think that I had a bad opinion of the length, which had nothing to do with the movie or nothing to do with the actual length. It was because I was like, my God, would this fucking thing finally end? But you know what? If you watch it and stay awake the entire time, an hour and a half movie's not that long. Mm-hmm. It just felt that way. Now, the inevitable conclusion. I'm not going to give anything away. I don't want to tell who mm. did what or whatever. Right. But 
I don't know. I, I, how do, I mean, do you feel the payoff was worth it? Do you feel like I, – I almost felt like it should have – there should have been – and that's maybe why I was looking for, okay, is it so-and-so? Is it so-and-so? That I was, I was trying – I thought for sure it was going to be something really smart, that in the end something that really fooled me and that was really smart. And I'm not saying I was let down. I'm, I'm, did it seem too – Simplistic or too simple. Well, in the end, and yeah. for honestly, all the, for, all, for all the trying to figure out this, this is typical of a lot of Jali that mm-hmm. this that's going to happen. Um, the this is based on a novel. So. Well, in some way, in some ways, I don't mind that because I think that sometimes when they do the the old swerve, the old NWO swerve or whatever, where it ends up being something that you would never, like, like you said, somebody who's, uh, 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 oh, well, he, it's, it's this, the guy that's looking is the guy that's doing it, or it's the, you know, something totally out of the blue, just done that way, just to fucking fuck with people. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of almost like the fact that well, I don't want to say anything. That's it's, just, it's wrapped up very cleanly. Yeah, that's yeah. not really giving Maybe away that's anything. Maybe that's not bad. Maybe that's not bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's it ends it ends in in line with a lot of films in this genre. Um, there are a lot of them, and and you know whether or not the the presentation of the film works for you is really going to be the selling point with most of these films because sometimes the red herrings will lead nowhere. Sometimes mm. you know the the ultimate resolution is going to be like, Oh, okay. I could have figured that out. But it's like, if you don't enjoy the journey there, then the, you know, the payoff doesn't really matter as much if you like how it's all just put together in the first place. Right. And I think that's what you, what, uh, that's what I take most out of this genre of film anyway. Yeah. I, but I, I, um, if, you know, just about the entire, uh, the movie as a whole, The good outweighs the bad, and the bad was mostly, for me, the okay. bad, in my opinion, was mostly just style stuff that I just don't, didn't really care for. But as far as it just being a, 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 a kind of a cool serial killer cop movie, yeah, it was pretty good. Did I the mean... Po- the police inspector, the main inspector, he looked a lot like, uh, like uh, Commissioner Gordon... Uh, in the new Batman movie, Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah, he looked like the Gary Oldman's Commissioner Gordon, except without the mustache. I thought it was pretty. Funny. Enrico Maya Salerno. <sighs> well, I guess we can get into our ratings here. Um, eh, whatever. The um, do what you want to do. Take that's control. that's. Or did you have anything else to add? No, I don't care. Okay, just the do whatever sti- you want to do. The style for me works. I like that aspect of it. When you've um, done. 52 to when you've done 53 episodes <laughs> then you you can tell me how to do my show the um what i don't know uh the style and in, uh, in, in, in these films work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is uh one of my favorite giallo that i've actually seen um as i said already i've seen this multiple times huh? it's it's really good for me. Uh, now, the, how do you stand on? Do, okay, is this movie a horror movie to you? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's it has horrific elements. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the time when I think. And this is just how my brain works. When I think horror movie, I think something supernatural typically. Right. And then like I have like a subgenre of like a, a a slasher or something. This is a slasher, like a murder mystery yeah. almost. But it has horrific elements. I mean, you know, the oh the like the razor blade scene. You mm-hmm. know, when he has the straight razor and it's just like the girl trying to block it and he's just like you just all you hear is the tsk, tsk, tsk. And she just, you know, and, and you could tell that was edited, too. Cause some I think the, it would be cool to be like one of those guys that carried a straight razor around in your boot or something. Yeah. Even nowadays, <laughs> you know. You might get in trouble that, for that these days. Well, um, if you didn't need to shave. Yeah, you just stop in the middle of the street and start shaving, freak people the fuck out. Um, I give this uh, an 8.5. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's good in it. I, I I appreciate that there's a likable lead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you care about the people in it, so that's not always the case. Also with uh, with Jalo, so um, and watch it for Mario Adorf because he's fucking hilarious and yeah. he, only in it for five minutes. But damn, what a five! I, minutes, d- so. I did remember something else that I didn't like. Okay, uh, there were a couple of occasions, and this is why I probably should at least take some notes. But it's hard to f- kind of freewheel when you're fucking sitting there reading the paper. Um, there were several times, at least at least two that I can remember, and I say several, but there was at least two that were glaring uh, when a character would say, "You know, my God, I'm becoming obsessed with this." You know, it's like <laughs> do you really need to say there were there were t- there was another time I cannot remember what it was where the character basically is standing there talking to himself and says spells out everything that's going on and you really didn't need that and i'm like what the fuck i mean you know he's looking at that picture and he's like my god i'm it feels like i'm almost becoming obsessed with with this with this whole thing you know i'm like yeah no shit i'm watching the fucking movie but um uh as far as the score goes this one 6.5 6.5 6.5. And 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 it's not uh, I I think the the elements I have to that say make this that unique. It's not, it's not like my this isn't my genre. Well, I, maybe the it seems like the elements that make this genre unique don't exactly work for you as well. They don't mesh. Now, but 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 throughout the whole thing, like I was saying, it, it, the 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 stuff that. I like the I like the story. I like the cast mm-hmm. uh, and everything. It's just that that um, okay. I like the story. I like the cast. Um, there are those few, you know, Giallo Argento um, calling cards or whatever that I don't particularly like mm-hmm. that I said. But when it comes down to it. The actual movie altogether is almost like a early seventies made for TV movie to me. Okay, I could see Susan Day George or even Tony Masante or whatever. Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but it it just it just seems like that Sunday night kind of uh, you know movie ABC Sunday night at the movies, and it, they would have cut out like a lot of the gore. Yeah, yeah. But just the you know, here's a killer, and here's a, 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 
fucking manix or something like that, you know, trying to find out who it is. And so th- that's what, I, I that's my that's, thing. I, I think didn't that's think a complaint. Bad. I think that's a complaint a lot with Argento stuff is the way is you know his stories aren't as complex and in, in like right. you know they're 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 they are almost more simple in in a lot of ways. So yeah, that, that, I mean that, but that's how I, that's that's you know. So I that's six point five. It's not a bad six point five. Yeah. Uh, I will watch some some more or you know more of his stuff and more Giallo. Uh, uh, it didn't. It doesn't turn me off to the genre. Okay. Or anything like that. So I'll I'll, I'll watch some more of it. Is cool. a good movie. Is a good movie. I mean, a six point five. It's not. It's not bad. Cool. I, I don't. I don't regret watching it you know awesome all right yeah. uh let's take a break now and come back and review quite a different film eh, in some ways uh suspiria from 1977 we'll be right back ahoy mateys this is kab antonio bay Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Fabulous. the day Suspiria 1977 Zama that you wait I'm introducing this one sorry uh, professional podcast yeah directed by Argento Dario Argento once again as we already said um, a newcomer to a fancy ballet academy gradually comes to realize that the staff of the school are actually a coven of witches bent on chaos and destruction why don't they give away the fucking movie and the <laughs> synopsis? This is starring Jessica Harper. That's pretty fucking giving the goddamn movie away, isn't it? Well, again... Not you, I'm just no, saying. No, I know, I know. Just a, uh, depending on how you 
how you, you view if you you know what you're taking <laughs> what you want to take away from an Argento film that yeah. might be giving away something or I think maybe the things that are left to surprise are the better one you know the what it yeah, looks like you know, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I, well yeah yeah anyway well, I understand yeah well okay yeah. so Zom hey what's up Loaf what did you think how you doing of Suspiria okay well I watched this movie the other day. And um, I have a confession to make. No, not a confession, but this will give some insight into how I viewed this movie. Okay. Okay. Ever since, (laughs) ever since I was a little kid, um, I have been prone to have uh, nightmares. Night terrors, nightmares, sleepwalking, okay. and shit like that. Okay, and um, there have been several times, not under the influence of any. Well, now there there were a few times under the influence of prescribed medical, uh, well, prescriptions uh, that were being taken legally because of a condition I had. That the side effects were can cause hallucinations, <laughs> uh, and uh, when you have hallucinations while you're you are wide awake, and you don't feel like you're high or anything, and you see like people standing in a room or shit like that, it's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, spiders, bugs, snakes, um, and you're just sitting there watching TV, and you know, okay. So the reason I'm saying this is <laughs> this movie probably freaks you the fuck out at times. It is so <laughs> fucking freaky, and it is so. Um, I remember a time when I was a kid, and I had like a really bad fever, and I was hallucinating and seeing not seeing anything weird in particular, but like say my mom is in the room. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at her, and she's three feet away. And then in, I blink, and she's a mile away. And then she's two feet away. And then she's uh, uh, 40 feet away. I mean, just <laughs> stuff like that. So weird. But now, this movie, okay, you have the, um, the, uh, Basically, the black and white, this is the story. Bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Girl is a ballerina. She's going to this place to study uh, dancing, blah, 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 blah. This is what it is. Okay. This movie, um, and I like that story. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I want to say that some people, um, when they're talking about horror movies, like you said, you know, a horror movie – in your mind is something that's supernatural and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I like th- for me, now this movie was made in 1977, but of course I've never seen it. So it's, it's new for me. Um, when I'm thinking about all these uh, movies that you see today, whether it's, you know, Jason, Michael Myers, saw or, you know, hostile shit like that. Um, I like the concept of this, and it's given away in the synopsis about a coven of witches. Yeah, but it's done in such a way because you know when you think when you think of Halloween as a 
small child, uh, one of the costumes that little kids, little girls stuff, they dress up like a witch or Wizard of Oz dress up like a witch and stuff like that. But it seems like it ha- that ha- isn't as explored. I mean, you have like Blair Witch Project or something like that. But the, this, I, yeah, d- the witch as the as the center, the centerpiece right. of a horror film is not nearly, you know, it's not a, it's not a vampire. It's not a werewolf. It's not right. a creature from the black lagoon, you know? And there's so much stuff you can do because it is okay. People, but there's it, this, this almost, uh, it, it almost has like a feel of uh, like Rosemary's baby or something like mm-hmm. that, where there's these uh, like black magic or satanic forces that are being manipulated by, People doing these spells, and the, and they actually when they when they spell it out uh, how this shit is being done, and that they work that they can control people, but only in bad ways, or you know that's how they they, they derive uh, a power or satisfaction from basically fucking with people and shit like that. I love that kind of stuff. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> oh, uh, and I think a satanic force is rising out of my. My uh, waistband right now. Wait a minute. <laughs> ah, Satan. Hail Satan. Ooh, Satan. You need to fucking go. Bad Satan. Go back. Check your draws. Um, so anyway, um, now a, a huge part of this movie, um, well, there's two huge parts uh, of the, you know, the story and everything. One is the the – Visual, the color saturations, the red, the fucking just uh, the, the the way he shoots everything. Yeah, so scared right now. <laughs> the second part is the fucking music. The music, uh, the, the 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 call the the red, the colors, the lighting, mm-hmm. and everything makes everything with well, even. Even to an extent, some of the outdoor exterior stuff, but definitely the indoor stuff um, and the music together makes it such oh, such a nightmarish, dreamlike. Uh, now these people it's are are supposedly just you know going through this as as like we're sitting here right now or whatever, mm-hmm. but. That atmosphere that it creates makes me, the viewer, it's like it's so creepy, so weird. It puts <laughs> it unnerves you. That music just fucking unnerved me. And I, and and um, like I said, you see a lot of movies, horror movies, and I say newer horror movies. And I'm th- I was going to say Halloween, which was how many fucking years ago? Jesus Christ! I think I was in grade school, but. The music to that was important, or Friday the 13th with a cha-cha-cha-cha, but this is so different. This is, a, this is a landmark sound, yeah, soundtrack. I have never, when I first started watching it, I was kind of like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is this? But it does, it gets inside you. I've got a very, it, I've got a funny thing that happened. I bought this, I bought this little Bluetooth speaker from my iPad because I like to watch a lot of movies on it. And I, you know, the, sometimes the speaker on the side's not, not enough. So I was playing around with it at work, um, at the theater. Uh, my last day at the theater was Monday. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but I left the Bluetooth speaker in the office mm-hmm. and took my iPad out into the main lobby. The owner was back on the computer doing something and I had forgotten the speaker there. So I started playing the beginning of Suspiria nice. and I was like, 
why the fuck are no, why there, why is there no audio? I don't understand what's going on. And I was like, Oh shit, I have the Bluetooth on. And I went back there and he's like, this thing started making these very odd noises. This is right at the beginning where all you see is the text. All you see is the credits. And it's like, (laughs) was that the the owner of the theater? Yeah. (laughs) He had no idea. Wait to get rid of this fucking guy. Oh my God. It was fucking hilarious. I was like, Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Sorry, man. Are you fucking with me? Are you fucking with me? You're quitting and now you're fucking with me? <laughs> Are you fucking with me? Okay, uh, anyway. Sorry, anyway. music. Goblin. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, now, the putting all that aside for, for a few seconds, uh, the, 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 the cast and everything, um, it was almost like a... Um, the cast of uh, I don't know, like a cross between Carrie and uh, Nancy Drew or something like that, because <laughs> the girls are all like 1970s kind of teen uh, 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 girls, and um, some of them. Okay, now I'm sure you know it was cast. However, but I mean, uh, as far as uh, they're learning ballet, and some of them, you know, when when you think of of legitimate ballet, legitimate women that are studying to be ballerinas or whatever. You watch like Black Swan or something like that, and mm-hmm. there are these super petite girls. These look more like uh, girls from a, um, a 70s uh, sorority movie or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. which is fine, you know, because, you know, I want to see some stuff. Uh, you know, the, well, you know, interestingly, the Argento originally wanted to make this a school for young girls, like 12-year-olds, and, yeah. his, and his dad... All the funder of, and the producer of this film as well was like, yeah, um, you can't have 12-year-olds getting slashed up. And <laughs> that would so, have been fucking awesome. I would the, love to see the remake use actual younger girls. Yeah. I think that would be cool. So, uh, it, that's that's kind of... And, well, this is the guy that, that fucking shot his own daughter, you know, nude and all this kind of shit for movies. So, Which is whatever, you know, she's hairy and kind of, you know, a little bit... <laughs> kind of rough around the edges she you know whatever um i it's one of those movies that um the main character i wouldn't say is oblivious because i guess to her to anybody when you go to a new uh, new surroundings to a, a totally you know whether it's a different country or whatever and you go somewhere and everybody is different everybody is new you're automatically uh uh you're going to be on edge a little bit anyway cuz everything's going to seem strange yeah yeah but you're going to because you're there to do what you're there to do you're going to put on the the happy face that, and go along to get along even though there's a giant that had hell his teeth pulled and that is uglier than shit, uh, weirdo guy, and he's, <laughs> and it's like this is so and so. He had all of his teeth pulled. He had gingivitis, and he's, a, he, he's like a goddamn like almost like fucking a cross between Frankenstein and El Igante or something like that. And uh, she's like, oh, hi, how are you? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's, if I walked in there and here's this this woman who's a cross between uh, Ilsa, she-wolf of the SS, <laughs> with her hair in a bun, and she's got this fucking, uh, this kind of, 
Oh, um, uh oh, not Cro-Magnum, but you know the strange-looking dude. I would think things were kind of you know weird, but anyway, it's almost like the ghost story where it's like get out, and they're like, hey, what was that? The wind? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> that must you will wind. die. That's some weird-sounding wind. Get the fuck out, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the um, you 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 have that uneasiness, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it's mixed in with just stupid uh, uh, girlish. Um, uh, bitchiness and you know the you know, kind of clicky stuff where uh, this one doesn't like this one and this one doesn't like that one and everything and that's mixed in but then strange things happening <laughs> um, this one did have um, it had some of the giallo slasher stuff. Right, especially at the beginning. At the very beginning. But at the very beginning when that was happening, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be that, you know, the, 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 this is going to be what I had seen before. Whatever. It's done more in much more in, as far as you know, at the beginning, almost like a supernatural kind of a thing. Because I was like, okay, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what's it? What is this? Um, but then it kind of leaves that behind because at first, when you first see the first victim or whatever, and the glass and all that shit, uh, and the whatever, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was just going to be okay, there's this slasher killer. Uh, gonna stick the knife up against the fucking fat on their stomach and push it in. You're gonna see the knife go and all stuff. But then it just kind of leaves that um, because this is more of a um, spiritual, more of a occult mm-hmm. thing, and most of it after that is more creepy weird shit that just unnerves you and the 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 main girl is going through this and and, um try not well i guess i mean she's trying to figure out eventually what's going on and i like the i like the i don't want to say the conclusion but when they do the reveal and they tell kind of like the backstory of of what this is and what's happening and what's going on and you need to do this or do that or whatever, I liked all that. I like I thought that was really good as in comparison to Bird with the Crystal Plumage, like I said, which was pretty a pretty simple kind of uh, who done it or who is doing it. Right, right, right serial killer you know just normal people thing um but but this movie is all about the the style yeah i shouldn't say all about because i did like the story way more i thought it was a lot more interesting i thought the strange weird it was cast really well because uh uh the the all the the bit characters as far as the people that were supposed to be kind of a little bit weird mm-hmm. or a little bit off or that would make you feel a little uneasy in whatever way, they were good. They worked. Uh, the girls, 
there wasn't anybody in there that was super fuckable. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, there was the no. one, the one girl who had the crazy fucking apartment with like the black and white striped wallpaper. Yeah, she was pretty hot. She had dark hair that she would keep up a lot. She she was real bitchy. Um, well, you know, any girl that's real bitchy is just ultimate. <laughs> you're just drawn to them. Well, I mean, <laughs> as a for me, for me, ultimately, the the overarching story in this is still pretty simple. It goes from huh? point A to point B, but you have a lot of a lot of detours that kind of go like go back into the main story, and that it makes it it makes it dreamlike. It makes it very even nightmarish at times. And it was so dreamlike and so nightmarish that, like I said, I I almost felt like. You had a fever when you're watching it. And you're when you're asleep and you're walking and and I felt that a little bit in Bird with the Crystal Plumage, where there were times where he was walking through things and, and, and looking when he was seeking and looking and he would just go up to one person and say, Have you seen a woman with long hair and a and a gray coat? And then two seconds later he's walking, Have you seen a woman with <laughs> it's it seemed like something that would just like kind of be like that. But in this one, it literally made me feel that mm-hmm. i had never felt i've never seen a combination of of in a movie and i don't watch a lot of horror movies i don't watch very many at all yeah but this was something that this guy it's almost like he had some perfect combination now maybe it's just this movie because i haven't seen any of his other ones other than the one we just watched yeah which is totally different but he had like this perfect combination of sound visual and just the story that it was put together in just such a way that it just it just flips switches in my brain and inside me and i was like fuck this this is so different it's so strange it's so weird that i w- i think that even if they wouldn't if even if they wouldn't have had the witch thing even if they wouldn't have had all that stuff and they would have just showed this girl walking through her life mm-hmm. with that type of color saturation you know uh, the lighting the 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 just the the almost at times almost like a fluorescent or a bright glaring red uh uh, uh there was a now, okay, here's here's something I wanted to ask you about when I'm talking about the red stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's a primary color in this movie. Blue and um, red. Right. Did, did – um, does the really super-duper, in my opinion, fakey look and color of the blood, the gore, does it throw you off? Does it take you out of it? Because well, it looks like almost like something like a fucking – Red, like it, not even it, it, it's it's even worse it, than uh, spaghetti western blood. I, I think it's intentional. Um, I mean, granted, a lot of blood like this in the Italian films of the seventies, a, a, a lot of it looked like that anyway. I feel like it is probably intentional in his case because he constantly uses harsh lighting. I mean, he it, it's a constant back and forth in this film between red light. And and blue light, you get some green at the end, which I thought was interesting. When she starts to kind of unravel things, um, everything's kind of illuminated green, um, and then occasionally you'll get natural lighting, right? 
Um, I think the blood probably plays into this thing. I think he just likes playing with texture and color to the point. This movie is a it's a visual feast. If you know, if even if the story doesn't work for work for most people, which I've heard that's the I think that's the complaint uh, you hear most often about this is they they think it maybe is kind of boring or they they just don't get into the story itself. Visually speaking, though, I think anybody that appreciates film can appreciate this because I mean this is this is Argento at the top of his game as far as shooting, as far as setting up as far as you know finding a, a set a, a location finding and using his colors um there's a there's nice transitions from these colors to neutral i mean there's a scene even where um and i guess fitting into the fever dream part of it in the story you know the you know the reason that the school goes on like it is is basically because they drug the girls at night and if anybody ever starts figuring it out, like something's weird here, that's when shit starts going down. But it's like a horror hound when we <laughs> drugged it. What? 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 Mikey up the. Um, but there's even a scene where the you know the one girl who is being paranoid uh, with um, oh, what is the character's name? Um, uh, Susie. Jessica mm-hmm. Harper's character, Susie, um, Sarah is, you know, she's, she's being paranoid. She's like, I hear, I hear the footsteps and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even in their bedroom, half the wall is red, half the yeah. wall is blue. And then right in the middle in, you have Susie who's really kind of fading and she's completely naturally lit. And I mean, I could just see the setup in this thing, you know, it was fucking scaffolding everywhere or whatever to get these light bulbs pointed in the right direction. But, um, no, I really like that. I mean, there's a scene, you know, with a girl with red hair. The wallpaper and stuff is ridiculous. It looks like velvet wallpaper. But she, she <laughs> hey, blends in. don't say in. that I had velvet wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> she blends in. Like, her hair yeah. is part of the wall, which is pretty... I mean, it has nothing to do with the story, but it's just... It's a striking moment when you, like... She's almost floating in front of this wall because her hair is the exact same color. Um, well, you know, the one thing the the I know because Argento was so into the visual yeah. that, like you said, with the blood, it uh, it probably was meant to be that way. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I that, that as far as asking about that because, like we were talking about, say in spaghetti westerns or in some Euro crime movies of the mid to late 60s 70s uh the the, the blood always looked a, an unnatural fluorescent bright red is because i listened to um this guy is like one of sam Uri's, one of his close personal friends um tom savini uh, <laughs> <laughs> he i actually listened to an interview with him and he was actually talking about uh making blood for um for the movies and making blood that looked real and how that for years um they never got it right and he said the reason that they didn't get it right was um to the eye when you were shooting with say a certain kind of camera or a certain kind of light while they were standing there making a movie and you're looking at this it looks like real blood it looks perfect it looks like regular blood but then when it's shot with that camera with that lighting and those wow. circumstances it really comes, it out, comes out a different color and so he was saying that like i think it was green he said people don't understand that you know if it's just red 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 
then it comes off looking really fakey. And I thought it was adding a certain amount of green to it. Then when it comes off on film, on camera, it looks a lot more. It looks very real. And he knows what he's talking about. I saw him freeze up a couple guys at Whorehound Weekend who kind of, you know, you know how people, they get on, they call it, we, Jake and I were talking about the dick wagon. You know, a big wagon full of dicks, and and the, the 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 urban the urban dictionary, the dick wagon is somebody who talks shit about everybody, including their friends and their girlfriends. <laughs> but then when they face the Savini, in his fucking whatever. Anyway, they start hearing that music that. Argento music and that lighting, la, and they see Servini coming la, through the crowd in his la. wife beater and his muscles and his <laughs> black fucking hair and his five foot three stature. Yeah, well, you know, there's that too. Um, but um, this movie is just fucking Pat Hingle. What's isn't that a real guy's name? I think so. That's the name no. of somebody in the character, but that's that's a that's like a real actor's name. But um. Oh, it's a woman in this movie. Yeah, there, there, there are. There is one particular scene. Um, of course, it's the grand finale, and I, I'm not. I don't want to give away what happens. Right oh, now. Pat Hingle also played Commissioner Gordon. Yes, yes, Pat Hingle. <laughs> yes, I was going to say I knew there was a there was an actor, an old actor named Pat Hingle. Um, <laughs> So that's pretty cool. Yeah, see, uh, we, we we like to keep everything with it's fucking linear stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, another nightmarish thing that seems like you know something out of a nightmare is when she is it's it's coming to the conclusion, and it's almost like a it's, it's it was almost like The Shining or something like the maze where she's in that same house that same building you're in a dream and you're in the house you're in the building and you're going through doors doors and but it's almost like you're getting lost in a maze of uh, uh, not qu- a maze of quarters this corridor it seemed like there was all these um, false walls and doors mm-hmm. that she was going through and and she could hear them as she's getting closer and closer and they're having this meeting and shit. And then I'm telling you what, there was a this one part at the end where um, they they pretty much explained beforehand. Okay, this is goddamn a bunch of fucking this and this and and this is what's going on and and it's being controlled by whatever and everything. Um, and of course, you have some horrific. Uh, corpse thing corpse things you have some horrific uh special effects where uh she finds people who are that's the giallo thing yeah, i guess yeah. where you know the, the gore the blood that somebody's been mutilated or whatever uh, but i there was one part that i did not expect <laughs> and i was watching it and then this person appears and i'm like jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't like horror, but I mean, it was it was just it, I I liked this type of mm-hmm. uh, of horror. It was intelligent. It was uh, artistic. It was done really well. Um, it, it didn't really. There was nothing in it that uh, there wasn't like jump scares that right. maybe jump. There wasn't, um, especially at this day and age. This is not a movie that's going to like 
scare right. a lot of people. It's all it's more about the mood of it. Yeah, it it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't uh, like anything where I was like, oh my god, or anything, you know, or oh my god, something's gonna, and then a fucking cat jumps out, or you know, he knocks over a lamp, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that at all. So I think that there, that some people that have never seen this, that like uh, modern horror. This is a different this is a whole different can of worms. And I could see where some people might watch this and be like, Well, that's not that big of a deal. What's what that that wasn't even scary. What the hell? That's not yeah, that yeah. big of a deal. It's I don't know. It's just I'll t- I'll I'll tell you how closely tied the look of this movie is to the success of it. Um there there I think Anchor Bay, I'm not sure. I, I the first time I saw this film, it was a cropped print uh-huh. you know four four to three and it was super muddy and i fucking hated it yeah it this it's how that it's with the visuals this becomes a completely different experience if you cannot see a nice print a nice widescreen nicely colored print of this wait until you can because it could ruin you on it like the first time i saw, like, i got the dvd from netflix netflix has that dvd that sucks ass um, Blue Underground has put out one that's definitely worth it if it if you're interested at all, um, because they did a fantastic job with recreating the visual style of it, and that it, they're so closely tied together that it can almost ruin it for you. It, it's a piece of shit that the the one from Netflix, and I wish they would just get rid of it. Honestly, I would, I would, um, and I might, you know, uh, I would uh, seek this out on Blu-ray or mm-hmm. whatever and get a copy of it. I I think it would be fun to watch. Uh, you know, really a really good Blu-ray, um, and uh, that's saying something considering that it's uh, the probably the. Now I might I think I own The Exorcist, <laughs> and I think it might be on VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I have Chainsaw or not. I'm not sure. I did. No, I bought it, and then it, it went with the cunt. Uh-oh. Uh so <laughs> it, it got broken but it went with it was I got it for her and then I I uh I cut cut it in pieces or tore it up and then gave it to her <laughs> and and all her other stuff that was cut up in pieces and put in trash bags and given back to her. So anyway, uh, I went with uh, so it, this this is it's saying something that someone who does not like I don't say I don't like horror, but I don't. I'm not aficionado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't seek it out. I don't watch it. Uh, you know, really. Uh, for me to say, man, you know, I'd get on, and I would pay. I mean, if it was fourteen ninety nine or something like that, I'm not going to. But I mean, <laughs> if it was, I, I, you know, I'd pick it up. It'd be worth it. It's a good movie. The um, I bought this at the the Blue Underground sale on this one website that will not go mentioned, but. It's the guy that took fucking forever to send everybody their stuff. Oh, that guy. I finally got it, so I'm glad I did. But um yeah, the uh the two disc that blue that Blue Underground put out is totally worth it. But um the uh the I'm 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 trying to figure out what, what else to add. The the you know, the even the even at the at right off the bat, Argento's using red light. You know the 
if you were to be in an airport and you had fucking like red light bulbs underlighting your face and stuff, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this place? But, you know, it's, <laughs> yes. it's kind of natural. There for were several <laughs> times that that was going on. I was like, okay, they would be walking through someplace and, and I would be like, if I was in a restaurant or I, as soon as you said that, I knew exactly what, you'd be like, what the fuck kind of place is this? You know, but, I just uh, came in take a shit and the toilets are <laughs> white but they all look red and blue um there's neon red blood the you know like i said the velvet wallpaper now the even the even the the cab ride that uh susie takes to the school i love that scene when she's riding down the street down that long like road with all the trees and she just sees that random girl just fucking like sprinting through the forest an umbrella that's what i want to know I guess she wasn't. I don't know. It was Get, raining, motherfucker. It was it raining, was pouring. Yeah. Um, and now, and that would have been a, some good nipples. I mean, there was uh, there was some. I think wasn't there? Uh, a little, yeah, little. Yeah. She didn't have very big boobs. Though. No, nobody did. The um, so maybe that one witch. There's there's that scene is even revisited in Inferno with this the cabs with a, a a person that has been rained on in the back. That exact same angle where you see her to the left of the screen and then the cab driver to the right but the bat behind him they do he he does the exact same scene in inferno so kind of bringing it back i guess but the um you know the at times the the slow panning or the gradual slow zoom shots it it really makes even the building itself seem alive at times there's and when I noticed that most was a scene where it wasn't even happening. He there's a very low angled view of the front of this uh, school, and for my brain was expecting the building to move like mm-hmm. the, in a slow zoom, and it's like almost you feel like at times the building's breathing, which is kind of a neat effect that he pulls off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's a really neat scene with uh, a girl kind of running away from an unseen something or other, and. Uh, I like the she locks the door, but it's like one of those old locks that kind of swings over, and the, this <laughs> this raise this straight <laughs> ra- <laughs> straight razor comes through. Now, in rea- logically speaking, all she had to do was just put her finger on it, yeah. and she w- and he wouldn't have been able to unlock it. But this you straight, stupid bitch. This straight razor is just going like it's almost like, it almost looks like a tongue licking the bottom of it. It's like tap tap tap, trying to push the lock up through the crack in the door. Um, I love the quote in it. Bad luck isn't brought by broken mirrors, but broken minds. But then you're like, oh, that guy was wrong. But <laughs> the, the uh, Udo Kier does make an appearance, and he fucking looks like a baby in this. I, I was surprised to see him. Um, I thought he was older than that for some reason, but he looks like he's like 20. I think he was in his 30s in this movie, but he looks like a, a baby in it. But I'm glad you liked it. I, I, um, I and I'm and I'm glad I'm I'm glad I gave it a second chance and watched it. Again, this is the third time I've seen it, but the first time was a disaster just because of the print of it. But yeah, um, we can get on our scores here. Oh my gosh! Singing his cattle call eight seven five eight seven five. Nice. Um, I'm not quite as high because I I'm also I'm in the camp that. I'm in kind of the a split camp where I do love the visuals. Some of the story doesn't work as well for me, though. But that's my own thing with horror movies. Where if a horror movie doesn't make me feel tense, and you're very, you're a lot braver. You have a lot more. Uh, you don't believe in God and stuff. <laughs> a fucking heathen I am. 
Yeah, the, the, um, the witches shit wouldn't even affect you. you know? Right, right, right. And uh, but I mean, I still hey, really you witches over there. Goddamn, what the fuck you doing in there, Muji? The visuals are enough to carry this and Not and beyond cuts. for me. Um, I give this a, a let's go eight out of ten for that. Okay. Um, I, I I like it a lot. Um, and uh, I will definitely revisit this again as I have already. So yeah, now I want to watch the other two. I'll let you know how Mother of Tears is. <laughs> like yeah. it's, a, it's a newer one, so it's oh probably, well, then maybe not. It's way. I've not it's, heard anything good about the new ones, including from uh, Big Big Willie, L- large large William, Big Willie, Will- yeah, Big Willie, large yeah. Because War- you know we always we, uh, the, Will McLarge Hugh. Wait, what was the first shows? He was Big Willie. And then he turned into uh, he kind of morphed into Large William when he got kind more, of big for his britches. More sophisticated. It's a yeah, more sophisticated. more listeners. You know, people liking the show, loving it, stuff like that. I love those guys. They're great. They are great. All right, we're gonna take a break and come Sexy, back and do a little speedies. bit. Of, we're gonna do a little bit of feedback. We'll be right. A back. little bit of feedback. Hey, you know what? What? Let's take a ride to the Love Shack. Getting crazy. And we get crazy with Justin Oberholtz and the Cinemassacres, baby. Coming we'll right up back. this break, Gordon Soli. <laughs> we'll be right back. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s driving porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think the Cicerese is a guy and the Myrna Loy is a kind of metal... You need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. for some feedback did you hear me just run in the other room I, I heard the microphone clicking okay I, I forgot I had a piece of chicken on the stove oh 
And uh, I got out of, not out of breath, but my pulse rate got going pretty good. <laughs> running in there on my tiptoes and running back in here. The, okay, uh, now I did want to mention. Okay. This is a special request. Ooh, maybe I did get out of breath. That uh, Terry from our Facebook group um, wants us to make sure to mention that he will go down on any girls if they make him uh, a Gouda pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Gouda pizza girls is how you, how you get the, how you get a tongue bath. Okay. And the second thing that I wanted to address is that uh, though <clears throat> we have uh, in indirect ways made fun of certain situations on the show today that uh, <laughs> we don't mind any any feedback or uh, <laughs> uh, suggestions because uh, uh, Bill had uh, wrote us a, uh, a nice review. Uh, there were, you know, a couple of things that he said, you know, okay, well, this, this and that, you know, I could, yeah, maybe this or that or sound effects. Or, but, you know, we appreciate uh, anything, you know, people, yeah. people write in. You know. We're just fucking with you. We, 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 we uh, appreciate that even somebody would even take time to review our shows. So. Yes, fuck yes. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, I was like, what? What? Somebody listens to this shit? Yeah, we're just, so, we're, but it was we're a all good, playing it was, it was a cool review. I liked, I mean, I, I you know, well, when we when Dang, we when we love. stab, we do it with love. We'll stab yeah. you in the butt with love. What? what? Yes, with our penises that look like turtlenecks. <laughs> and I don't mean like a shirt. I'm talking about a fucking scaly, dry. I'm telling you, oh. man. If I could take a picture of this fucking grotesque, colossal vulgarity right now, you could. I mean, you got. Cameras. Oh my god! The it's um, dry. It's just I, had to, dry. I had to pour some ministry in here because there's actually a in. On this same album, Psalm sixty nine, in the song Psalm sixty nine, there is a there is a sample from Suspiria mm-hmm. when the blind man shouts, "Stop it!" It's at the end of Psalm sixty nine, which Psalm sixty nine doesn't really work because it takes way too long to get started. So I didn't want to use it as music for the show, but he uh, screamed it. Remember yeah, how he screamed? Yeah. That was I laughed at that. Stop it! He's like that. Was it? Did he when he said stop it? What was the part where he 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 actually screamed like a woman? Oh, uh, maybe, that's the, maybe that's when the maybe that's when the dog the dog t- it, he was yeah. like no he goes who is it I, I can't <laughs> do it because I don't I don't I don't have that much estrogen or <laughs> he screamed like a a scared woman and I I literally it was horrible it was a blind man and everything but you know whatever that cool. kind of reminded me of Tim Carey <laughs> Tim Carey's come up a lot on shows lately yeah. Yeah. I feel like the gentleman talked about him recently too. I like their show. Good guys. Good guys. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got a uh, we got a uh, an email sound effect. We got uh, an email and a couple voicemails this week. Email and voicemails. Yay! Yay! Mm-hmm. Our first email is from uh, Henry Lee Lucas himself, who, even though he died about a decade ago. Um, the, Ooh, I just says, got another cold chill. <laughs> he said, "Anniversary, murder, rape, yeah." yeah. Uh, just listened to one to your one year anniversary show, and boy, did it make me want to rape and murder a human folk. I'm glad you both liked the movie Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer based on my vacations. They got a few things wrong in the movie, though. That Michael Rooker was a fairy, and I ain't no fairy. Keep doing your good show with love and cunt stabs, Henry Lee Lucas. P.S. No, P.S. I, I ain't dead like they say. I'm living in Nor- North Carolina, which is pretty much as good as being dead, and I can fuck goats in public and no one seems to care. 
Yeah, but you can't get married to a goat <laughs> if it's a male. Fuck um, that. Now, listen, you Henry Lee. Hey, listen, you Henry Lee Lucas. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about because I, well, I don't even want to get into it. That's just stupid. No. Um, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool were lovers. So, well, you know, I'm sorry, but you may not think you were uh, whatever, but. It's just the back pussy, man. Yeah, that's true. They were in prison too, so it doesn't yeah. count. All right, so we got looks like a thanks, Henry. It might be a review from our famous, our favorite cinemasochist. Our famous favorite. It looks he is famous now. He's got a book, man. He does have a book. You know that's better than us. <laughs> when have, you have a book, then you can fucking tell him how to write a book. Yeah, twenty three listeners book. Uh, I think we know who the famous person is here. Um, twenty two of them are just overlap from Gentleman's Guide. I know. Um. So yeah, here we go. Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin Overholzer calling in. Last week we heard that I stole the gifts, all, all the prizes from the, the last contest giveaway. One of those included was Goliath on DVD, which um, for those that don't remember. Uh, about what two months ago, maybe uh, you know, you know, briefly reviewed it and is one of the he'd been watching segment. And you said it was horrible, uh, and you <laughs> joked you sent it to me, but you know what? That wouldn't be even painful because I like bad movies. Uh, but you know, he eventually sent it to me, so I told him, all right, you know, I'd review it, and there's going to be an official review on the Gentleman's Blog Midnight Cinema. That'll be my uh, review for the week. And by the time you hear this episode, it should either be up or. It'll be up for the next day. So. Never heard of it. Uh, but I decided, you know, <laughs> this all came about because of Silver and Gold and because of Zom, both on him bringing the film up, buying the film, sending it to me, yada, yada, yada. So I decided to at least get kind of, you know, mini review on here. And uh, i got to say, I agree with Zom. I, I don't know as much as it takes. It's just boring. It's yeah, nothing. it's boring. Like, I, I almost want to say, oh, what shit, it's horrible. It's just. It's none of it's 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 none of that. It's nothing. That's its problem. It is absolutely nothing. It's just there. Uh, there's uh, I get that. I guess the Zellner brothers. I don't know. I think apparently they did something else. Um, they're going for you know what I think. Sometimes it's like the independent scenes when you get films like this where either quirky or offbeat and you know yeah the you can tell these people went to film school or you know whatever because you know. They're good at framing shots and all that. I'll give them credit for that, but they forget to insert a story or anything interesting to uh, circle around that. If anything, they should be taking notes from people like Terrence Malick, who, you know, know how to, you know, frame a shot and, you know, gets great cinematographers and all that, but also tell the fucking story. I mean, yeah, there's a story here. Uh, the main character... He he's getting divorced. He's gotten a divorce. He's living alone, and now he finds out his cat's missing. Uh, spoiler alert: the cat died. I don't care. I don't think anybody does. Um, <laughs> happens early on anyway. So you know, it's just him, pretty much going through all that. And I get maybe the point is supposed to be watching somebody kind of go through a downfall, but it's told in like I guess a supposed quirky comedy way. It has to feel like they try to make jokes. I mean, I mean, I mildly chuckled twice. There was a a line when he's yelling at his wife, trying to, I guess, make amends, but he's doing a shitty job because he's kind of a horrible person, at least from what we see. Uh, but he, he makes like, I smoke in the house now. And I was like, ah, that, that was a chuckle. 
And what the hell else? There was something else I chuckled at, but now I can't even remember. So that's how bad this. Oh, yeah, him uh, throwing the cat poop out the window. Uh, <laughs> tray of it. But, that's kind of, but those are like very, like, <laughs> that's it. You know, you don't, that's not a good film when you get <laughs> out of me twice. You know, I got <laughs> out of me a few times, Dumb and Dumber, when Harry met Lloyd, which is the latest movie. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not good. It's better than Goliath. I'd actually rather watch that again than Goliath because at least yeah. that had a story and a point and <laughs> it just, it had so. something going on. There's a lot of times you just see nothing, like when they're signing divorce papers. It's nothing. It's just them signing the divorce papers. It's silent. And they get, and you know, I get that's their point. It's supposed to be boring, like, real life. Well, guess what? But that's not why we're going to the movies. And even then, I've seen directors do it and pull it off well. They didn't. It's not funny. It's not really dramatic. It's just nothing. I, I'm actually, I haven't written the review yet. I'm almost kind of afraid to write this review because what am I really going to write about? I mean, there's nothing to this film. It's just so fucking boring. There's nothing going on. And these are probably the worst tips from one aspect. I should be able to call this one of the worst films ever. I only gave it a D, uh, but in one aspect, maybe I should have given it an F because, really, what's... I mean, there are films that I've given Fs to that, honestly, I could probably at least go into a discussion with and maybe talk about more in as much as I probably wouldn't want to. I would probably at least remember some a few things about them a few months from now. I can guarantee you that in about... Probably you know, not even two months. Probably like a month t- tops. I probably won't remember dancing about Goliath. You probably have to remind me. I, even if I read the review, I probably I wouldn't build my memory. It's just, it's, I mean, I, clearly I couldn't even remember one of the two things that made me chuckle. And then I just finished the film. I'm calling right now after my screening, and it's only 80 minutes. It's a very short movie, which is a blessing when you go into mm-hmm. it because you know I'm expecting more of a movie. But it feels a lot longer. It feels it just feels like two and a half hours long. It just keeps oh, dragging. Sorry. I can't. I hate to do it, but I kept Get checking the time. And like, is this thing done yet? And yeah. I was like, oh, we're only like 15 minutes in. And normally that'd be, you know, oh, like a half hour left or so. It's not much. But it's just like, oh, really? That much left? You know, and it, try, it just adds random things, like there being a sex offender in the, the area. That really doesn't amount to too much. I mean, even when it does, it just kind of feels thrown in there. It uh, doesn't really have a point, you know. They, they had the, the joke about his co-workers being, you know, redneck slobs who, like, light their farts on fire, but that probably sounds funnier than it actually is. It's just, it's Especially boring. if you're in West Virginia. I really don't know what else to say. It's blue. <laughs> so, told you, um, told you. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't the kind of cinematic yeah, way, that I enjoy. I mean, it's, <laughs> horrible movie is about a killer cookie. At least I can joke and obviously make, what, 20-minute phone calls from a killer cookie. I'm oh, surprised geez. I'm still talking about this movie. <laughs> what, 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 this, this, this is nothing. This, this isn't what I want sent to me. It's, it's good to send this to me because it really... But it know, was it better than the like anal douche? Because mm. this is really painful mm. to sit through. No, that reminds me. Uh, when I was watching the film, I got a... Uh, I started to get ass. a nosebleed. Now, any other time <laughs> I just talk this up to hey, you know, you get a nosebleed, it happens every now and then. No, I blame the film. Somehow, this, this film was so painfully boring that it caused me to bleed. That, that maybe that was just my brain somehow bleeding out through my nose just out of... Just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's that boring. But the nosebleed was probably the most interesting thing that happened in the film, and that happened in my life, not in the film. I was like, yeah, <laughs> the nosebleed happened. I was like, oh, good, something interesting is happening. Uh, yeah, this is a nothing film, and I'm sure maybe now maybe a few other people might check it out just to, uh, you know, see what the, the, the bad fuss is uh, about. But nah, I nah. advise you don't. It's, it's nothing. Uh Thank the you key for presenting it to me. Nothing. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, you guys keep up the good work. All right, bye.
Thank well, you, when, Justin. When do we do that? When's that? Post? I don't know. Uh, the uh, this is definitely a movie I will never bother. It's even looking it at. was, and the thing about it was it was one of these ones that on the cover it's you know talking about like the Sundance Film Festival, this and that and everything, and so you think it's this indie movie that is this uh, you know movie that you've never heard of that you know oh it's going to be, and it looked like it would be it looked like it would be funny. Mm-hmm. It looked like it would make you cry because the you know the guy does have this you know cat and he gets a divorce and the cat has it and I thought you know I was like oh my god you know I thought it was going to be touching it was just he he was spot on with uh, the review of this film is nothing how did you and come I, across this one uh, this was purchased at Christmas time okay. Uh, at Blockbuster Video. Um, wow, what a difference! Yeah, it was it was one of those deals where it, it almost got sent to someone as a Christmas present, <laughs> but then it was kind of like, eh. what was that jingle from? There was something. It uh, used to be something. It was like, na 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 na. Wow, what a difference! Was it? It wasn't Blockbuster. What was that? Cold anal douche. Cold anal douche. Wow, what a what difference. a difference! No more lima beans on my penis. Now my butt doesn't smell like haddock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. My shit smelled like fucking cat food the other day. Ugh. Next That's voicemail. weird. That's a strange thing to happen to shit. Okay, it's just me calling back in. Jesus fucking Christ. I, I laughed in the last stopped, one you know, just to be polite. Talking about Goliath. My sink, so like, I guess the piping or the plumbing, it started, you know, kind of like making that grrr, that stop riz, I called too, but making that was like, besides just something in the plumbing going down or whatever, kind of making it sound like a regurgitation, like if somebody's kind of like throwing up, it kind of sounds like that. I'm convinced that it's not just you know something with the plumbing and it just happened. I'm convinced because it happened right after I was talking about Goliath that my sink the pipes and, you know, all that, they heard just how boring Goliath was and just started throwing up uh-huh. and choking and whatever the hell it was doing. And I'll, uh, just mentioning the name, I bet you if I hang up this phone, we'll probably start doing it again. So there you go, folks. Goliath gave me a nosebleed, and it's making uh, my sink and all that just throw up. So avoid. Just avoid. 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 Block. Phone number. <laughs> <laughs> 717 area code blocked. There we go. All right. There we go. Yeehaw. Okay. And that's it for feedback. Yay, feedback. Yay. Look <laughs> at fucking DDP doing his yoga. He, he's um, quite a guy. He's very positive. <laughs> I will say something about DDP, and I don't know. It's weird to say this. He's so positive that listening to interviews with him, I can see where there's... Uh, I've heard a lot of other wrestlers when his name is brought up, they almost laugh or snicker because he comes off very, I don't know if I want to say smug and obnoxious, but he's into this like almost like power of positive thinking thing. And when they do interviews with him uh, and they're asking him questions, he like gets this big grin on his face. Like, I don't want to go into stuff like that. 
I'm above that kind of stuff. It's like, listen, asshole, the reason people are wanting to hear what you have to say <laughs> is to hear about the inside stories, not about your positive thinking. Yeah. And maybe it is good to be positive, but it's a lot funnier to be on the dick wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Cool. Um, hey. Oh, yeah. What we're covering next week. Now, what are we going to cover? We're going to do uh, a coal miner double feature. Um, I'm going to get it wrong again. I know it. Uh, we're going to do a John Sayles fil- film from 1987 called Mate One. Did I get it Yay! Right? Yay! Hey. And for the Bryn, we're doing some Sean Connery Sean. from 1970. Sean Connery and the Molly Maguires. Um, Richard Harris. And Richard Wait a Harris. Richard Harris. And Frank oh. Finley. Yes. This fucking IMDb picture is a fucking... It's got to be a Three Musketeers thing or something. It's horrible. If Um, uh, Bryn had sex with Robert Shaw in the boat in (laughs) Jaws, the baby would look like a cross between Richard Dreyfuss and the deadly doll, Emily. (laughs) In the pooper. I mean, yeah, whatever. In the pooper. It's got to be in the pooper. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. So Mate Mate Juan and the Molly Maguires will be next week. Yay, next week. Thanks to everybody. And then after next week, after we record the show, a couple of days after that, we're going to be heading to Whorehound. Me and Love are going to be hitting the Whorehound uh, convention yeah. in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, about that. We'll be seeing you all there again. Hey, where'd those fuckers come from? <laughs> I thought we sold those. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not making it to Whorehound again. You little son of a fucking I hate your guts. Now you have to hang out. You have to hang out with fucking Aaron and Cinemasochist all weekend. Uh, what? I don't know. It's gonna be Go awful. On. I will be seeing the Jesus and Mary Chain. Telling myself it'll be all right. So you can always send us feedback to 206 339 1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review if you would, Daddy. Um, Podcast and, uh, Without Honor Humanity. Yeah, check out Zom this week on Podcast Without Honor Humanity and Hammocus. He's a man on the go. Uh, guys, I'm everywhere. one of those new podcasters, though, that's not really like, you know, you know, one yeah. of those fucking. You haven't paid your dues, asshole. Amateurs. Haven't fucking paid my dues. Amateur. Um, eh, whatever. The. Um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Jake did pay me, so I wasn't an amateur. Oh, cool. Sweet. Now we're now professional. <laughs> and I talked to I, I we we I actually now I don't think this was on the air. I think it was actually um uh, when we were in a break. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But um we did um have a summit uh between Yuri and myself. <laughs> and we 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 it's an uneasy it's a ceasefire, it's an uneasy ceasefire. Uh but uh we explained why Things went down the way they did, <laughs> and uh, I think things are going to be okay. You know, That's I think. Good. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I hate to see the little fella get caught in the middle. So you know, <laughs> the make large, huge fella. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. So, little yeah. little oh. Mick large, huge. <laughs> little Mick large, huge, getting caught in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Stuck in the um. So. Uh, what was it? Feedback. Fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, silverandgold.com is our website. And um, 
Join our Facebook group at facebook.com. Did slash, you fart? Or was that no, a that sound was, effect? That was my mouth. That was a sound effect. Um, right. Facebook.com slash group slash Silva and Gold. Uh, yeah, so that's about it for me. Zom. That show flew by. It flew by. Oh, well, we sure. started it. Yeah, we're, three about and a half. Two, we're about to hit two and a half hours, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it the, seemed like it flew by. It, it's a lot better when the movies are good. It is. It is. So, Mate Juan and the Molly Maguires for next week. Zom, do you have anything else, sir? Well, I just want to say to all of our listeners out there. <sighs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. This is Loaf Oot. And Zom Oot. Bye. Oh wait, the music's supposed to do that. Bye.